start these things anymore. Hello. <laughs> um, welcome back to the Mage Monomyth podcast. The continued adventures of Nymira's Lickstrin. That's me. Um, we took a break. We're back. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. A little pause. Power nap. Yeah. Um, but here we are, ready to kick some. Zarda ass. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? You'll get expelled. And then we'll have to start a new podcast. We'll take another power nap. We'll start a new podcast. The continued misadventures of the expelled Nymira's Lickstrand. In the time I've been away, I've actually decided that Nim is such a big bully that, like, such a big bully that she's going to bully the fuck out of the headmistress. Yeah, just like Lena. Like Lena. Damn. (laughs) Can we do a recap? Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) Um, Play a recap. Ready, set. See, I thought it was a group project and we'll be doing a recap together. All right, it's a group project, but I'm the person in the group project that does no work and takes credit for everyone else's. Oh, no, I thought I was that person. Um, Okay, so we were on a mission to find uh, components for familiars. That's correct. We found the Lunar Root. That's correct. We found the Empyrenes. Mm-hmm. You did the Empyrenes first. Out of, yes. Um, I am speaking out of order. And um, then the, the Bloodroot. Did we actually get any? Bloodroot, yeah. Yeah, when we were down there. Yeah, I, as I recall, uh, when Zarda reappeared yeah. uh, and created the, the Force Dome, uh, Keitha was outside the dome. And, uh, I think upon your insistence, uh, the dome was lowered so that Zarda could save Keitha. Essentially, Keitha was going to, like, or, uh, Zarda was going to leave Keitha behind. Uh, or rather, the, the succubus w- was going to keep Keitha. And Zarda said that she would grab Keitha while you grabbed Bloodroot, mm-hmm. um, and that's when you went outside mm-hmm. and saw the hellish landscape before you. But it was surprisingly the hellish landscape of like the conservatory, yeah, as like with a hellish filter. I think yeah. is what we were talking yeah, yeah. about. So all the buildings were like the same, same layout, same. Like you could see the rest of the city of Zalesh behind you, uh, and it was essentially just like. If you applied the hellish filter to the conservatory. Yeah. Um, and you grabbed uh, as much blood root as you could stuff in your pack and then went back. Yeah. And we're back, baby. Mm-hmm. I think the very last thing that happened was that <laughs> you tried to pull a prank on Lena. Or rather, you did pull a prank on Lena. Yeah. You tied her shoelaces together, her bootlaces together. And she got up, tripped, fell. She uh-huh. used her dagger to, like, cut... Rather than sit and untie them, she just quickly cut the laces. And she very silently sobbed and went, Got him! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then <sighs> Lena took off with everyone else. Yeah. You and Aerith stayed behind. Aerith. Uh, you guys had a little, like, heart-to-heart, the two of you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that was where we ended. We ended with you having the heart-to-heart with Aerith and then agreeing to head back to your guys' dorm room. Yeah. Um, and you took off and... Uh, Zarda issued the "Don't ever come here. Don't, don't come here without my approval. Uh, you know, don't use this room, even though now you kind of know." This is the room that is like Fighters Guild unauthorized, too, right? Something about yes, this room like a fighting pit. Yeah, essentially, this is like a like a dueling room, and it, it, it's set up like a mage's dueling room. Yeah. It's meant for, like, Zarda-approved functions only. Uh, so you're not allowed to come here unless Zarda brings you here or tells you to come here. Yeah. Um, not even the, the fighters from the guild who come and protect the students outside of the grounds of the conservatory are allowed here without Zarda or her approval. It sounds like they don't know about it either, maybe? I would say that that's fair. Yeah. Fair. That's fair to say. I think it's one of those things, like, it's hard to miss this entire building, but if you're not in the know, you know, it's just another building yeah. on the grounds of the conservatory. Yeah. Um, so next steps looks like um, having the familiar uh, ritual right. well, with our components. Where we pick up, right, is you guys getting back to the room together. I mm-hmm. think that's probably a fair place to pick up, unless you want to fast forward at all. But I figured picking up with you returning to your group dorm. Mm-hmm. Room. This we can cut. Yeah. Each. You can cut it right after you go, room. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then go right into? Two. Two. I think you're room 11. I think you're the last room. I wrote students of room... I said earlier, just a moment ago, I swear it was room two. I swear I just saw it written as room two, which is true if it's Roman numeral two, because I looked at the room 11 and thought of the number two. Two, yeah. So it is room 11, right? (laughs) Eleven. <laughs> room eleven. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we head back to room number eleven. That's where we pick up. Mm-hmm. Well, when you leave the the uh, building that you're in, the the like dual mages dual building, you see that your the rest of your group has gotten a pretty good head start. Your little kind of heart-to-heart with Aerith wasn't long, but it was, you know, was it two, three minutes? Which is enough time for the group, especially someone like Lena, who's moving much faster, uh, more determined, right? More determination to yeah. get there. You know, she wants to cross as quickly as possible. Um so when you get back, you see, when you step outside, you see that your group has made it all the way back to the main building. Yeah. 
And they're entering just as you and Aerith are leaving this building. And uh, Aerith says, uh, Good night's rest, Zlikstrin. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, bedtime? She nods. And she starts heading back. So you and Aerith cross the courtyard. Uh huh. Um, as you're crossing, you actually see uh, Elden. Yeah. And his group is with him, but he's walking pretty far ahead of the rest of his group. Sort of, almost like the same distance between you and Aerith and your group, who's now entering the the building. Um, so you see Eldon's kind of, you know, putting, putting a pretty good amount of distance between him and the rest of his group. Falling ahead or in front? Ahead. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's definitely walking much faster. The people of his group are, they look like they're pretty consumed with, like, showing off, like, the different components that they have. Um, but none of them have blood root. I mean, it's oh, interesting. a pretty far distance between you and them, but the Empyrenes are pretty distinct, right? They're kind of these large, kind of white and golden flowers. So they're pretty distinct, and the Lunar Root definitely has a very, um, very distinct look compared to blood, the Blood Root. Yeah. So you can see that none of them have Blood Root. As their uh, components. I picture Empyrenes looking like if a flower could guffaw. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I want to try to, like, flag Elden down, see if he sees us. It sounds like he's a little in thought. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's looking in your direction. He's kind of looking down. Um, as you try to, like, wave toward him... Aerith turns to you and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? That... Trying... That's the enemy. Didn't you think you were an enemy too for a little bit? What? I... How did... <sighs> I'm just saying. It's it's pretty... Pretty closed off. Blushes. Mm-hmm. She's the squiggly pink <laughs> lines. Um, I'm just saying it's pretty closed off of you. If if you know, if you want to treat people like enemies before making friends, I'll see you back in the room. You don't want to meet Elvin? No, absolutely not. I don't need to meet the competition to know that I'm better than them. <laughs> okay, if you okay, I'll go talk to my friend then. Fine. <laughs> okay, bye. Good night. Oh, okay, wait. Yeah? I just thought that I was your friend. <laughs> Aerith, what are you talking about? Well, you just seem so wrapped up in going to say hello to this boy that, this is, you know. Hmm. <laughs> It's not like that. What do you... 
It's like what? What are you? What are you talking about? I don't know. It can I, be how it can be however you want it to be. Let's go say hi. I grab her um, <laughs> interlocking arms and walk over and kind of haul her out to Elton. Elton. You can feel the drag. Like you're you're really. Like dragging Aerith. <laughs> She's turned back, heels digging in the ground. <laughs> yes. Eldon sees you, uh-huh. waves. It looks like he's going to kind of turn away and almost does like a double take, realizing to that, see that I'm heading to you're him. heading to him, yeah. And he's, he's just kind of like staring. Oh, no. Uh,. And yeah, you you get to him, and he's he's stopped. It's like, uh, hi, Eldon. Hi. Um, how's your guys's assignment going? Uh, yep, it's good. Yep. Can I do an insight? Yeah. Sorry, can I see? Can I read into his intentions? Fifteen. Uh, you can definitely sense that he. There's a little bit of disappointment, but he doesn't seem like angry or upset or anything. He just definitely feels like he he isn't as happy or excited as the rest of you guys were when you guys got all of your. Uh, components. Did it not go as good as you wanted it to? Well, the thing is, we didn't get any blood root. And, like, I wasn't necessarily trying to get any blood root, like, for me. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I let my my group down. You know? Yeah. Um, do I have any to spare? You have a whole bunch. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I know it's not the same as getting it yourself, but we actually got really lucky, and I actually have a whole bunch if if anyone in your group needs some. Yeah, well, Valaine really wanted... The blood root. Yeah. I mean, everyone else seems pretty settled on their component, but Valaine, I feel like, you know, her family name is Sanguina. <laughs> I was just reading that on my page. <laughs> I, I, think, I think her family might be a little bit disappointed in her if she uh, doesn't summon a fiendish familiar. Yeah. Um... I was really trying, I was really trying, you know, they sort of see me as like the leader. I know there's not really like leaders of our groups, like we're all peers. Yeah. I was really trying to step up and, I don't know, I feel like I let her down. Do you want to um, give some to her or do you want to make her feel like she got some? I think the... Only really important part is that she gets some. I don't. I don't think it really matters. Okay. Um, so if you want to give her something, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
by now, now that we're stopped and talking, does the rest of the group walk past, slow down? I mean, they're not walking particularly fast. They're kind of showing off their components to each other and like talking about the type of familiar they're going to summon. Yeah. So they're taking a little bit to catch up to Elvin. Yeah. Um, but after like a couple more minutes, they do catch up. Um, so now they're like within earshot, maybe like 30-ish feet of where you're standing. Um, Valaine? You catch her attention, and when she turns to you, she, like, adjusts her glasses. Kind of all nerdy-like. You know how nerds do with glasses. <laughs> um, can, can I talk to you for a sec? She nods. Um, to the side. Um, I, I kind of go, um... I don't, I don't know if we've really talked very much, but, um, it, it sounds like you didn't get so lucky, um, and I have a bunch extra of blood fruit. Um, I didn't know if you wanted it to be, like, give it to you sneaky or what, but I, I have some if you want it. She kind of nods, and you can see that she's holding... Lunar root in her hand? Yeah. So she, like, offers it to you to trade. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll do a swap with her. She adjusts her glasses, like a nerd, and just kind of nods, doesn't say anything to you, and, like, turns and walks back to the group. Um, I give Elden, like, a little nod of acknowledgement. Oh, you know what? I give, like, a slight... Thumbs up. It's not very sly. Um, I, uh, over to Aerith. I'll be like, see, wasn't that nice? We just made somebody's day. She rolls her eyes so hard. <laughs> I can, oh, I can make this reference since I assume people who listen to this will, will also play this game. But there's that scene in Act 1 very early on, hopefully this isn't a spoiler for anyone. Spoiler alert for anyone who plays Baldur's Gate. But there's a scene where your gift companion, Lazelle, <laughs> yeah. needs to speak to someone in the Druid's Grove. And you do, you speak to them. And afterwards, she says, uh, teethlings, mm-hmm. like, like your teeth in your mouth, like mm-hmm. teethlings. And you correct her and her response is to roll her eyes at you and it's the funniest like over exaggerated like animated eye roll that I think I've ever seen in any video game ever <laughs> just this like Ugh, uh. I was literally thinking before we recorded on whether I wanted to include being like don't reference Baldur's Gate don't like we're only allowed so many right but <laughs> I think we can say this is a game that we are playing. It's not like we're making money or anything. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll have to go back and edit this out. Who knows? Anyway, point is, Aerith rolls her eyes so far into the back of her head. Maybe we'll we'll check in with everybody else in our room. Fine. I wave goodbye to everyone from the rival group, <laughs> the rival dojo. 
Elden looks pretty happy and is like, you can see the gratitude in his eyes as you walk away. Everyone in the group seems to be kind of like celebrating for Valaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. You get that thing that you want, bro. Um, but as you're walking away, you notice that one of the members of the group is just staring daggers at you. Mm. Who? Drace Moonfall. He's the... Uh, drow. The drow uh, in the group. Just... As you walk away, everyone else, the other five members are all kind of, or I guess four members around Valaine. So the five of them are kind of like celebrating, very excited. Um, Valaine's got a big smile on her face. But then, as you like, you look back, you notice Drace is standing kind of like slightly off to the side from them, just staring at you. <laughs> Completely deadpan. His red eyes just... Um... I'm gonna be waving, like, be near the end of me waving, and um, as I do so, I, like, go to turn around, but he sees a hand still waving as I cast um, Mage Hand, and it just keeps waving at him as we walk away. What does your Mage Hand look like again? Um, I don't remember describing it. I think it's a little devilish maybe maybe we decided um probably similar looking to my hand although maybe starting off um where my hand goes like pink to like a dark dark red um at the fingertips it's probably like a little off gradient of that of like red to a darker maroon or black cool you guys head in uh-huh. When you get back to the room, or rather, when you get to the hallway where your your dorm is, you can see Diz coming up the hallway, um, looking right at you. Uh, hi. Mm. <laughs> um, good evening, Diz. Aerith is like, right, well, I'll uh, be in the dorm. Wait, Aerith! <laughs> and she bolts past Iz into the, uh, into the room. And you hear the door slam, echo through the hallway. Um, did you need something? Diz brings up his hand and reaches into his... Uh, has like uh, Diz has like this like armor on mm-hmm. reaches like into the breastplate and pulls out a letter and hands it to you oh uh, thank you and then Diz reaches down to his belt and pulls off one of the coin pur- purses and hands it to you uh, oh um is this from my parents mm-hmm I look at the money. You know, pouch of gold. Nice. Um, is it minted? Uh, Zolesh. Zolesh minted. Or Zah, the kingdom of Zah. Zah, dude. <laughs> um, 
I, instead of going into the room, um, I'll tell Diz thank you, and then um, if he walks away, I'll read the letter there. Diz does walk away. The letter says, Miri, your mother and I are very glad to hear your time at the conservatory is going well. We had hoped you'd like your first year classes. Is Professor Ford still a crotchety windbag? I've made arrangements for a transfer of coin. Speak to Diz, and please use it wisely. Be mindful of who you choose to spend your time with there. The Zlickstrin name is synonymous with power and is one of the oldest family names in the Mages Guild. Despite this, not everyone respects the Zlickstrins. Time bears wisdom, but it also breeds resentment. Some, however foolishly, have come to despise the name. You would do well to remember that. Everything else at home is as it should be. Your mother and I are well. We will see you soon. With love, Zorus Zlickstrin. Is that with casting illusory script? Mm-hmm. Okay. No other secret hidden nothing nope okay um i kind of nod um and i'll stow the letter um how much money a hundred gold dang it's almost like spring break here too right Mm -hmm. dang now i have some walking around money um I will go into the room. When you walk in, you see that Lena is not there. But Percy is. Oh. Um, who else is in here? Everyone. Okay. Your whole group is here, but Lena is missing. Um, have you guys seen Lena? Um, Yeah. Yachi, where'd you see her? Oh, um, when we were walking here, and then in the building, before, and then in the town, (laughs) and then in the outside of town. Why isn't she here? Oh, um, she said she had something to do. As as they're talking, as Juby's talking, I look around like, this is the person who's speaking for everyone on where Lena's is right. Okay. Um, Aerith is like, I don't know what you want from me, this extreme. I've been here about as long as you have. so. Um. <laughs> and then you kind of look over and see, like, Brayton and Sid are... Brayton is sitting up on his bed, and Sid is laying on the bed with their head in Brayton's lap, and, oh my god. But like, Sid is like, shaken. Like, it's clear that Sid is feeling traumatized from... Oh, from seeing Hellas. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and so Brayton's kind of like... You see Brayton is running his fingers through Sid's hair, and it is clearly physically uncomfortable for him, because Sid's hair uh, is like... Embery. Embery. Yeah. So you can see, like, Brayton going like... <sighs> <clears throat> and like hiding the like little singes. We need to get that boy some fire resistance. 
Um, and Alan A is sitting, is laying on the floor next to her bed, but her, she's treating, imagine if the room was like slightly tilted. Okay. She's sitting on the edge of her bed with her shins, or I guess her calves, on the bed and her thighs perpendicular to the ground and then her back on the ground. So if you were to tilt the room up on its side, she would look like she was sitting on the edge of her bed. But now imagine that the room is flat. So she's like on her back, her thighs are up in the air, her... I leaned away from the mic. Her thighs are up in the air, and her calves are resting on the bed. Okay, so she's, like, laying on the floor with her legs up on the bed? Yeah, and it looks like, like, in a sitting position, but, like, she's laying on her back. Apparently that's, like, the army nap position. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. And she's, like, got her hands clasped, her fingers clasped on her, kind of, uh, sternum. Yeah. And every once in a while you just hear... No, no. No, no, it's not right either. No, 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 no. That's it. Okay, how did I do that? Okay, how did, okay. No, 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 no. And then you see her head kind of tilt back. I'm like, I keep tilting away from the microphone. <laughs> like I'm at an actual d and table trying to show it. Her head tilts all the way back and she goes, Oh. Uh. Hi, Nim. Hi. Are you working on your size? Uh, more like the sound of contentment. Oh. Like, how do you embody contentment? <sighs> Ah, no, no, no. This is too happy. It's too relief. relief. It's like, ah. So, uh, like you drink a, a, a sip of like a really good fizzy drink and you're like, ah, nope. See, that's not contentment. That's happy. I don't know. These emotions are really hard. You know, sometimes I think the sound right after a laugh is a good sound for content. Oh, okay. Let me try that. Ha, 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 ha. No, I don't think I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. No, no, that's not it. Um, Thanks for the help, though, Namira. I'll try. Yeah. Um, I kind of um, gesture to Percy um, to be like, "Come on, we got someone to go find." He's got this, like... So, Percy is laying on Lena's bed. Yeah. On his back, with his arms and legs fully outstretched, like the... Was it the Vesuvian man? Like... Uh, and you say, like, come on, Percy, let's go. And he goes... Demoralized ferret? <laughs> oh no. Um, 
gonna go over to him and look at him. I'm gonna squat down next to the bed. He turns on his side, like Away? back to you, <laughs> and curls up, almost kind of like fetal, but like knees to chest, like. I picture camera angle, like, side view of the bed, me, like, squatting down, face where ferret is, and the ferret rolls away towards camera. Buddy, it's okay. We can make it better. Can I give you a little scratch? Did that sound like a Sounds affirmation? Like, yeah. um, I'll give little back scratches. Oh, this is what you turned over, huh? <laughs> um, I kind of give back scratches and maybe a little bit on the belly. He rolls over so he's facing you now. But he puts his hands over his face. It's <laughs> all bashful. Um... I do the thing where I stop petting so that he'll look at me. <laughs> He's like, ah, got you. <laughs> Come on, let's find Lena. <laughs> I can't hear you when you're mumbling. <laughs> Can I tell what Percy... Megan... Either animal handling or insight. One of those two. Let's call it animal handling. Eight. I mean, obviously you don't possess the ability to speak with animals. But he's clearly... He's clearly distraught over something having to do with Lena. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll go find her myself. Alan A. chimes in and says, He said that Lena doesn't want him as a familiar anymore. <gasps> and then you uh, see Alan A. like, isn't uh, even looking in your direction. Yeah. She's just continuing to. <sighs> no, that's wrong. I think you gotta do it more from the. You know what? Not the time. What do you mean? says you don't speak ferret do you me no not really he said that lena got the component and is gonna cast a spell i think what he said was finger wiggle and then cast a spell and then poof new familiar and and she won't care about percy anymore oh that's not true i can't Uh, imagine Did, did she tell you that exactly Are you making assumptions about what your friend is going to (laughs) do? By the way, I understand that this is not at all what actual ferrets sound like. (laughs) This is like uh, Pabu, the fire ferret from Korra. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, Look, I'll get Lena back and I, I... 
Okay. Well, I'll tell her that you were being so, so stubborn. (laughs) You want to come with? (sighs) And then Helena goes, that's it! That's it! And then he rolls over, rushes over, and it's like, Percy! Percy! How? Tell me! How? Percy's like, Percy's like looking at you like <laughs> Percy climbs up on your shoulder and Alan is like fine I guess I'll just figure it out on my own damn it that was it and then she like rushes back over to her bed and lays out and she's like I gotta try and recreate that you see like Sid and Brayden are kind of in their own little mm, world. Yeah. Alanae's busy thing. Chiwi has crawled under the bed. Yeah. And just as you're, just as Percy gets up on your shoulder and you're getting ready to leave, you hear uh, Chiwi, like, under the bed going, One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Are you counting sheep? I'm counting how many friends I have. Oh. Four is as high as I can count. Nightmare, what comes after four? Wow, we are in high school at least. Yeah, but remember where Chiwi comes from. Chiwi's never been to any school before. Five? Five! Oh, God, yeah, five! Yeah. One, two, three, four, five! Six! No, I I know what comes after five! (laughs) Well, you have more than five friends. No! I have Sid, and Brayden, and Alany, and Lena, and you. Five. What about Percy? Oh, yeah, Percy, six. Oh, and Andrew, that's seven. And maybe Keitha? Keitha kind of likes us. No, Keitha's really mean. <laughs> okay, you don't have to count Keitha if you don't want to, but... I don't want to. <laughs> but that's a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's more about how quality of your friends and how many you have. Sid and Brian and Alani and Mira and and Percy and Andrew. Yeah, it's a good amount of friends. <laughs> and in your peripheral vision, you can see Aerith is on her bed, like. <laughs> Like, like, she's physically embodying the the phrase "and." Like, she's just sitting there, like, on the edge of her bed, like, like waiting. She can't believe it, even yeah. though who knows if she would list Chewy in the yeah. list of friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I'm gonna personally be like, well, I think that's a very good list. Aerith looks like shoot you a look. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fine. I'll list all of my friends. <laughs> Zlikstrin. And not Chiwi. <gasps> That's not nice. And Chiwi's like, yeah, I wasn't going to list you either. <laughs> Shade in room 11. Damn. What? <laughs> room 11. <laughs> I'm going to say it 20 times. Roman numeral 2. Roman numeral 2. Uh, Chewie's like, thanks for the help, Nymira. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep now. Okay, good night. Good night, Aerith. What? You? You don't consider Chewie a friend? Well, Chewie doesn't consider me a friend. Well, maybe. She would if you did. Maybe. You have less friends than Chiwi. How does that make you feel? I have the only friend I need. That's very sweet. Myself. <laughs> the best mage at the conservatory. I'm going to punish her by leaving. Wait, no, I was... Kidding. Oh, you were kidding? Yes, I have you. I mean, I think I do. Do I have you? Yeah, we're friends. But like... You can see the uh, little pink squiggly blush lines. But like, I would want you to be friends with everybody else here too. I mean, of course, only if it feels natural, but... Like, I think we all care about each other. At least a little bit. Alan, I chimes in. Not really. What? Aerith is really mean and only cares about herself. I can't be the only one that sees it, right? Brayton, Sid, you guys like uh, Aerith? And Brayton is like, whatever. And Sid's like, I mean, she's, she's, it's whatever. Aerith, I think you gotta work on your image a little bit. My image is fine. And she casts Silent Image. <laughs> and she creates an image in her hand of the, like, succubus that you guys fought. Oh, yeah. She says, my image is fine. Thank you, Slickstrin. I'm saying... It disappears. You do a lot better with better connections. People like my mom and people like Eldon's family, they're as powerful as they are because of how many strong connections they make with other people. If you want to be a powerful mage, you got to make friends. She seems like she's considering what you're saying. And she goes... And Alan goes, that, that's it again! That's it again! <laughs> and uh, Aerith just like shakes her head. <laughs> She's like, I'll sleep on it. I'll go find Lena. Okay, bye. I go with Percy. Um, I get to the hallway and I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, 
Percy, do you have any idea where she went? Mm-hmm. In the, the time that I've been here so far, do I know if she has any areas that she likes? Uh, make a history check. 18. Well, you do know that she loves eating. She loves food. Oh, yeah. She is a halfling, and not to stereotype halflings or anything, but they do love food. Uh, potatoes. (laughs) Um, you do know that she spent some time in the library, like, looking for adventure, like, novels about adventuring parties and quests and things like that. Dragon and stuff. Yeah. So you know that she's into that sort of thing as well. Um, those are probably the only two places other than, you know, the, the group dorm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go to the library first to look for her. Make a perception check. Sixteen? You get to the library. There really isn't anyone here. You see maybe like five or six people, five or six students plus the librarian. And you spend a few minutes kind of roaming the the shelves and the aisles. You don't see her anywhere in the library. Mm. Um, I'll go to the cafeteria next. You head to the cafeteria and you can see that it's fully empty. There are some of the like cafeteria employees that are there um, that look like they're in the process of prepping food for a coming meal, probably breakfast tomorrow. Um, but you don't see any students inside the cafeteria. Hmm. Do I know a way to the rooftop? You could make a history check to see, or okay. investigation check. Oh, I'll investigate. 23. You don't know of it off the top of your head. But you do spend a few minutes kind of roaming the halls and you find uh, a door that does lead up from the top level that you're already on, does go up. However, as you're passing, you think you hear Lena's voice emanating from a room that's like down the hall from where you are. Ooh. Do I know what room that is? You think it's probably the infirmary? Okay. Um... I'll go there. As you get closer, you can hear it's definitely Lena. And it sounds like she's telling a story or recounting something that's happened to her. Yeah. Um, What's she saying? It sounds like she's telling a story about, uh, like, adventuring. Like a, but it's hard to hear through the door. I mean, the, the door is thick. You hear the, like, mu- muttering of her voice. But it's hard to make out specifically what she's saying. <laughs> Can my ear be to the door and Percy on my shoulders? Ear is also to the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at each other and we're like, hmm. And then I'm going to open the door. You see her jump up onto the bed 
that Keitha is laying on. Keitha's laying there, no top on but bandages all across. Clearly, like, blood seeping through. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty, you know, beaten and bruised up. And Lena jumps up on the bed and has, like, a, have at thee! And then does the gesture of, like, a sword, which you've seen her do before when yeah. she had Percy. Yeah. And she says, have at thee! And then she looks at Keitha and she says, oh, oh, I, I do this, I do this thing, and, like, I got Percy with me, and he, he's my sword, but, but Percy's not with me. So just imagine that I'm holding a sword, right? Yeah. And what do you do? Um, I'm going to, I imagine that Percy kind of perks up when he hears that Lena is talking about him positively. Um, and I'm gonna, um, like, look at him, have a look of acknowledgement with him, and, um, gonna put him in my hand, and he's gonna do the sword thing, and I'm gonna put my arm just through the door, and have Percy be like, some kind of, like, uh, presenting sound. When that happens, Lena looks back at the door and was like, and it's like, yeah, just like, just like that, Percy. Great. Thanks. What? <laughs> Double take. <laughs> well, come on. And he jumps off your hand yeah. and skirt, skitters across the room and climbs up I and too. jumps into her hand and he does the thing and grips onto her forearm and straightens his tail and <laughs> she's like, much better. Ha ha! And you hear... Uh, and Keitha rolls her eyes pretty pretty heavily. Yeah. And is like, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this is and, the sixth time. <laughs> and Lena's like, yeah, so uh, so that's why I feel like I would make a good candidate for the fighters guild. I rest my case. <laughs> and she hops up off, off the bed uh, and is like, oh. Hey. Nymira. Hey, Lena. Oh, what's up? <laughs> um, Percy and I were worried about you. Thanks. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, Keitha, how are you? How are you? <laughs> she looks down and she says, don't pretend like you care. Whoa. I totally care. Uh-huh. We were in a we were in a really scary situation. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. I'm glad. How are you? <laughs> um I I'm pretty good. Uh Lena, you wanna join the the Fighters Guild? Well, you know, you guys don't want me here, so, you I, know. That's not true. Well, yeah, it is. What do you mean? You tied, you, someone tied my shoelaces together. It made me feel like, you know, don't want me here. Hey, we were talking all day about, I got them with the pranks and all. 
well, maybe. You know, what did I say? A dose of your own potions? <laughs> it didn't feel good. It, made, it sent a pretty clear message that I wasn't wanted. That's not true. I was just trying to... It was me, by the way. I tied your shoelaces together. Oh, I see, I see. It was an inside job. <laughs> I didn't do it to tell you that we don't want you here. I thought I was just doing a prank back on you. Hmm, all right, all right. Kind of like a, an eye for an eye situation. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I see how it is. <laughs> vengeance will be mine. Or we could get vengeance together? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could. I guess I could. <laughs> um, can you remind me from last session? Is Sid the one who thought this was mean spirited? Mm-hmm. Um, well, to be honest, I was kind of thinking that it would be nice to show Sid that a prank can be lighthearted. And fun. Um, and that's why I did the shoe tying thing. But if that wasn't lighthearted for you, maybe we can uh, do something else with Sid? I mean, it depends. Do you, do you want me to stay? So I feel like I can make a pretty good fighter. What do you say, Kita? And Keith is looking at you like wide eyed. <laughs> Not like shaking her head or anything, just wide eyed looking at you. And then Keith says, I mean, look, the fighters get will take anybody. <laughs> Even you. And I mean, if that's what you want. How much time do we have between. Like, how long is the break? Well. Uh, you were thinking about, like, you, you said something about spring break earlier, and I just remembered, it's not spring break, it's actually graduation from first year coming up. Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. So, like... Summer break. <laughs> in terms of in terms of how long the break is, the break is only, like, two... It's two weeks and six days, because the break is the last two weeks of the year, plus the six days of a null at the end of the year. And magic during those six days is super wonky. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually the last week of the year, the six days of a null, and then the first week of the next year, and then classes start again. Mm. So. Wonky right in the middle? Yeah, those six days, uh, magic becomes nearly impossible to cast. Crazy. Yeah, you have to make, basically you have to make ability checks in order to cast the spells the DCs of which are similar to the, uh, like, identifying a spell, which is, like, 15-plus spell level. Yeah. So probably not terribly difficult for a caster to do, like, a cantrip because the DC would just be 15. Most mages would have, like, you know, plus 3, plus 4. So it'd be, you know, kind of close to 50-50 during that time. But the higher spell you try to cast, the more difficult it is. 
And if it fails, not only do you lose the spell, the magic backfires on you and you take damage. So during those six days, like the weave of magic or the veil of magic, very wonky, very difficult to like pull magic from. So most mages just, you know, it's a little six day vacation. You yeah. know, they lock themselves in their tower and Damn. Yeah. Um uh, well, maybe Lena, you just finish out the year and see how you're feeling after. Like, take the the break to think about it. Yeah, yeah, break sounds good. Maybe get into a couple fights. See if you're up for the hard life. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna get into fights with me. We're going to go into town, and you and me, we're going to start some bar fights? Here, you and me can get into a little scrap. Yeah, who are we fighting? No, each other. No, I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> You're not going to fight me? No, I'd win. It would be too easy. That's like placing a bet on a fixed fight. You know what's going to happen. It's not real, really a bet. <laughs> I know that I could beat you in a fight. I don't know. You haven't seen me in a fight. I don't know. You look, uh, no offense, you look like uh, you're not very scrappy. <laughs> you're right. And you know what they say about being scrappy? No. Scrappy is as scrappy do. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that they say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really popular saying. <laughs> um, scrappy do. <laughs> Besides um, the thing about school, um, I think Percy was real worried that you were going to get rid of him. Nah. <laughs> Percy's like... <laughs> and she's like, I want to get rid of you. You and me are like, we're best bros. You know? I'm like the mac to your cheese. I'm like the... The ketchup to your fries. Or you're the ketchup to my fries. The point is, you and I go together like, ah, like peas and broccoli. Yum. I imagine french fries are a halfling thing. Yeah. They know every way to make a potato. Right. There's all kinds of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, missed opportunity. There's all kinds of taters. There you go. Taters, tater tots, fried potatoes, <laughs> fried tater fries, tater salad, tater sandwich, sliced potatoes, diced potatoes, cheesy potatoes. We got two hours. I I can keep going. <laughs> all, all them kinds of taters, you know. Mashed potatoes, boiled potatoes. You eat a potato whole. You just bite into it. That's crazy, but you can. Boil them, fry them, <laughs> bake them, saute them. Are you waiting for me to stop you? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? This is silly. Tater scampi. <laughs> Taters and molasses. Oh, oh man, that's a good one. 
chicken taters, beef taters. What are beef taters? taters? Beef tater. You never heard of beef taters? What's a beef tater? You don't know what a beef tater is? They're like, like you take ground beef and, and diced up taters and you make them into little tater tots, but they got beef in them, so they're beef taters. (laughs) I will not be partaking in a beef tot. And then you got tater pate. You don't want no beef taters? No? No beef taters? No. All right. How much am I cutting? <laughs> anyway. What were we talking about? Uh, Lena. Keeping oh. Percy around. Mm-hmm. She turns to Percy, who's on, on her shoulder, and she says, Come on. I wouldn't leave you behind. You're the best friend I've ever had. See, Percy, I told you. I'm sorry if me leaving made you feel like I was gonna leave you, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just exploring my options, you know. Maybe I'm not meant to be a mage. Maybe I could be a fighter. Maybe I could be a bard. Yeah. No, everybody hates bards. <laughs> Annoying ass bards. You can't even say it, right? Bards. <laughs> Fucking bards. Uh, go on to bod school and get your fucking bod degree, okay? Go do your little bod thing, right? <laughs> no parking. Okay, Jennifer. Are you all right? Is that okay with you, Jennifer? Oh, my God. A Jennifer Jackie podcast? Oh, God. We got to have NPCs in something that are Jackie and Jennifer. Just arguing. Yeah. Lovers. Okay. Um, anywho. She's like, and besides, if I do the thing with the familiar thing, I'm just going to turn you into one. Then you'll be even cooler. I nod along in enthusiasm. Percy looks a little nervous, but like, nods along. (laughs) So, you, Lena's going to wait. Until the break. The brickety break break. Uh, you talked to Lena about maybe pulling a prank with mm-hmm. Sid. Uh, and, yeah. Did you want to speak to Keith at all anymore? Are you guys going to head back to the dorm? Um, Keith is really cold to me right now, so I don't know what I would say to her. Um, uh, we're probably gonna head out. Keitha, do you want us to bring you anything? She looks down. You can see her kind of like touching the bandage, the bandages. Uh, and every time she touches it, she's like, (sighs) looks like she got pretty seriously injured. Is there a nurse in here? Uh, there is in here, but there are other students being tended to in kind of uh, other, like, private rooms. Yeah. You can see that there are students in here that clearly, like, messed up a spell. Like, there's one student whose arm is like a tentacle right now. <laughs> um, and it almost looks like they either tried to summon something tentacle or polymorph into something tentacle. But it looks like some of the, like, the higher, the the students that are... In higher grades. Yeah. Um, 
like clearly the victims of like b- backfiring magic, but like m- much more powerful yeah. spells. Okay. Keitha looks like she's the only one that's in here for like a physical injury. Everyone else in here looks like spell mishaps. And she's like, she's touching the bandage and then you ask her if she, if she wants you to bring her anything. And she's like, ah, something to make the pain go away, I guess. I, I, I doubt you have anything like that. Um, is it okay if I try something? Yeah. Um, I kind of, is this okay as I like go to touch where she's hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll use one of the cure wounds charges from my bracelet. Okay. Jade bracelet prayer beads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Do you know what to roll for that? Um, no, I don't have the die in front of me. It's a D8. Plus whiz? Or intel? Eleven. Nice. <clears throat> so, if I'm not mistaken, you healed her with it before also. Fuck! <laughs> So I tore that. You healed her with it before, and now your the eleven hit points you give her actually heals her back to full health. So when you cast it, <laughs> and you cast, you you, you just got cast. <laughs> what I meant more because she has like a cast on, like a little sling. No. No, she got like bandages wrapped across her chest. I thought you were saying like you got cast. <laughs> like, well, you did get cast when I moved in. <laughs> you got cast, uh. motherfucker. Anyway, you heal her the rest of her missing hit points, <clears throat> and when it happens, what 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 does it look like to you? Like what? What is your uh, spell? And it's not a spell that's on your spell list, but you are capable of casting it because of the beads. What do you imagine that it looks like when you cast it? Um. Well, maybe because it's using my intelligence, it uh, looks like it has a structural understanding of the body, and like a more medicinal understanding of the body rather than like a radiant sort of like ah healing it's more like a methodic reconstruction of the cells uh kind of thing cool yeah she suddenly suddenly like feels very different she touches the bandages and doesn't wince in pain and she kind of turns away she turns away from you a little bit and like you know, looks underneath, like, tries to, like, lift the bandages up to, like, look underneath them. Yeah. I keep turning away from the microphone every time I, like, <laughs> oh, the head goes up, head goes down. Um, then she she looks underneath the bandages and sees she's not wounded anymore. 
and she like sits up on the bed and the nurse comes kind of comes out of one of the rooms and sees uh Keitha sitting up and the nurse comes over and is like oh no 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 lay back down it's fine you you'll have to you'll have to rest and you know you take some time for your wounds to heal and uh Keitha's like oh she she healed them and the nurse is like what do you mean <laughs> Yeah, she she healed them, and she used magic or whatever. And the nurse is like, there is no healing magic here at the conservatory. Keith is like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I mean, did you want to, like, look? So the nurse has her lay back down and, like, kind of shoes you away. Sure. And walks over and, like, starts unwrapping the bandages gets to a certain point and realizes there's no wound there anymore. Yeah. Um, look, turns to look at you and is like, healing magic? I got it from um, our, our outing to find the components. Oh, so it's not your healing magic. It's like no. an item or something. Yeah, it's this bracelet I got. Oh, I didn't read. That's great. <laughs> okay. She's like, well, we'll just let Miss Keitha here get dressed. And she, like, issues, ushers you out of the the room, closes the door, and then Keitha takes a minute to, you know, finish taking the bandages off fully. Yeah. Get dressed, come back out. She's, like, strapping on her armor as she comes back out. And she was like, she goes, you know... It's not like this one thing is going to suddenly change my opinion on mages. But you're all right. I guess. You didn't have to do that. That, that. that was really nice. Is that a thank you? Yeah, thanks. Aw, you're welcome. But it doesn't mean I trust mages. That's okay. You don't have to trust me. I mean, you did trust me. Try that. Don't squint at me. Well, I, I should probably should probably get back. Are you still assigned to us? Well, I have to report in on what happened. I I imagine I'll probably still be assigned to you. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, we'll see you later. Well, okay. What? Well, I mean, I don't have to report in until tomorrow morning. Oh. You want to come back to our room? <laughs> she kind of blushes and she's like, inviting me back to your room? <laughs> Where we all sleep. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, like a, like a, like a dorm uh-huh. The bunk situation. No, I don't think we have bunk beds. Right, but like not like private. Like you and me wouldn't like be alone in a room together. <laughs> Do you want to come? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you? What did you want to? What did you want to get up to? What on earth are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
going back to the dorm room. Yeah, what do you want to do when we get there? I don't know, say hi to everyone? Okay. Lena chimes in and is like, if you two lovebirds are done flirting or whatever, then we could go back to the room now. Yeah, let's go to the room. So, when the four of you, including Percy, get back to the room, everyone's asleep. Mm-hmm. Um... Lena's like, you guys open the door and look in and see it, and then Lena pulls the door closed, and she's like, Ah, well, everyone's asleep. All right, good night, guys. And she, like, quickly opens the door and <laughs> rushes into the room. <clears throat> and as she's in the room, she's like, Shh. She's talking to Percy. Ah. Uh, and then they, like, creep over to their bed. Yeah. Lena lays down, and Percy snuggles up next to her. And then it's just you and Keitha standing in the hallway. I guess it is getting kind of late, huh? Yeah, 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 I guess so. Um. I'll just, I'll just see you guys, you know, next time. But, how late is it? I don't mean, it's getting kind of dark outside, right? When do you think time was invented? (laughs) Is it getting dark? Is it like in the evening? It was already pretty dark when you guys were out. Is it past curfew? Is there a curfew? I mean, I think we talked about this before. There's no, like, official curfew if you're caught outside of this time. Did we talk about curfew before? I know that there was... We talked about... When you guys were doing that one thing and, like, Diz caught you out of your rooms going outside? There was the whole thing with Eldon, yeah. Yeah, so I think there is... Might have to cut all this, huh? Um, There is a sort of general curfew, but it's not like you're going to get expelled if you... It's not so much you're breaking a rule by being out, but what, what are you doing up and out? Yeah. Um... Well, did you want to, like, stay up and talk for a little bit? I'm not really tired yet. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Where, where should we go? Um. Does this place have a roof? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think it does. You want to go check it out? I mean, yeah. Cool. Um, I'm gonna go look for a like roof escape. Well, remember you found one. You were and you were, and you were a, yeah you were about to use it, but then you heard Lena's voice. That's right. Yeah, when you guys go there, you get up to the top. the <clears throat> The roof of this building. Think of like. Think of like uh, those old like gothic cathedrals right it's very like spiky it's got a lot of like uh towers yeah um spires stuff like that yeah but this area of the roof it leads to like a a a flat area of the roof that uh would be probably reserved for like maintenance and things like that 
But it's a big enough area that you can kind of hang out in. Cool. Um, what's the sky look like? It's pretty clear. No clouds, or at least very few. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a significant amount of light emanating from the city, but it's you know that it's it's relatively dim uh, comparatively. So at night, people turn off a lot of the or turn turn out a lot of their like home light. Yeah. So the light that you can see is mostly like people with lanterns through the streets. There's not really like light pollution, so to speak, keeping you from seeing the stars. So you can you have a pretty clear, pretty pretty clear view of the night sky. And because this area is like 360 degrees around the top of this building, you can see to the like you can see in all directions to the north. You can see the council's chambers, and you can see, like, the northern end of the city. To the east, you can see the ocean. So you can see, like, the, the, the dock area, kind of if you look up and over. And you can see beyond that the horizon across the ocean. Um, to the west, you see the West March, which is the uh, large cobblestone road that's been built, that was built when the humans originally left Kingdom of Zah mm. and marched west. They like constructed this road along the way uh, looking to find a new place for them to start kind of their own empire. Crazy to build a road and not know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to the south you can see kind of the southern part of the city. Um, you can see the coastline um, you know that from here, the coastline gets pretty um, jagged and it becomes sort of like a cliff's edge. Kind of farther down you go, the higher up the land kind of goes. Um, so you can kind of see that uh, you are in this like beautiful coastal city. There's a river that kind of runs inland a little bit. Um, so it's a really, it's a good view. It's a great view. I go, um, it's really pretty up here. Keitha is looking out at the ocean and, like, looks back at you, blushes, looks back out the ocean and says, yeah, yeah, really, uh, really pretty. Um, are you from around here? Uh, No. My parents are from Ferrum. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um, how old is she? Uh, I don't think you've asked. I don't think it's, it's I been I thought she was stated. a little bit older. She's, I mean, out of character, she's like 17 or 18. And I'm what? 14? I think so. Okay. Um... You do know, I remember when it came up, she's been in the Fighters Guild for about two years. Yeah. Um, 
So she hasn't fully graduated from the Fighters Guild, but she's been doing it for about two years. Um, what made you want to join the Fighters Guild? Well, I didn't really have a choice. Sort of a thing that my dad did. <laughs> and, uh, kind of took up his sword, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I mean literally, because this is his sword. It was his uh, first sword, and now it's my first sword. So, but I don't really have any magical aptitude, so it wasn't like going to the joining the Mages Guild or going to Arcane University was an option, and uh, I wouldn't exactly say that I'm. Uh, I don't have what the bards call the riz. <laughs> what does the riz mean? All I know is that it's short for charisma. Oh. So I assume that when a bard says they got the riz, they're talking about like they have charisma. I think I've heard of putting on the riz before. I assume that's when bards act, putting on the riz. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. I I feel kind of similar that I'm I'm mainly here because my parents want me to be here. You don't want to be a mage? Well, I do. I really like um, what magic can do for people. Um, but, um, I mean, also, it's all I really n- know, and, I mean, my mom went to the conservatory, and now I'm going to the conservatory, um, I mean, they just wrote me a letter that I got today talking about carrying on the family name and all that stuff, so, I, I get you. Well, I mean, it's not, like, bad. It's not a bad thing. Oh, wow, is yours a bad thing? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Um, All that double stuff from today is pretty intense. Um... Yeah, but that wasn't real, was it? I don't think so. I mean, and she kind of puts her hand, like, on her chest for a second, like, on her armor. And she's like, it certainly felt real, like, I guess, in in some sense. But, like, this school really put us in danger like that? I mean... (laughs) You saw the infirmary. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like that's all people who don't know what they're doing with magic. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot different than letting a group of... Oh, I guess I just realized I don't... I don't know. Are you first year? Yeah. So you're, what, like, 14 or 15? Yeah. 
Right. Seems a little odd to put a bunch of like 14, 15 year olds, you know, in danger like that, like in hell. Like at least those other students in the infirmary, like those were like fifth year and sixth year students. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like some things have been pretty scary here, but, um, life back home was kind of scary too sometimes. So I kind of thought this is just how it is. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any big dreams, like if you didn't have to do any of this? Well, the thing is, I like doing it. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because like, I've gotten used to doing it. But this is kind of my first big assignment. I mean, the training has been really fun. And honestly, I think if I could do anything, I would I'd probably, I don't know, be a, like, a, like a gladiator. There's these, like, uh, pit fights in Hub. Yeah. They have really, really cool, fun, like, fighting arena. Lots of different, like, gladiatorial combat. Pit fighting. Very cool. I'd love to go do that. I've been there once, but it's been a long time since I've been there. It's been a long time since I've been to the Hub, too. Are we allowed that far away during the break? It's over the coast, right? I mean, it's over the ocean, right? Yeah, and we'd have to sail to get there. I, I don't know if we'd have time to, to get there and back. Yeah. We could have time to get there and back if we had... If, if there was a way to, for us to, like, use magic to get there. Yeah. You would think the hub would have a teleportation circle. I'm sure there's several, but... The question is, like, are we allowed to use them? Yeah. Most of those circles are accessible, like, if you yourself can access that kind of magic. Yeah. I don't know much, but... I don't know. If there's a way to do it, sure, you and your friends will figure it out. And that could be fun. It means the lush is fun, too. Yeah. I spend a lot of time out here. What's don't... fun around here? Well, there's the market. Uh-huh. That's kind of a big thing. I mean, there's a lot of different... It's sort of like a melting pot. But, <laughs> like... Excuse me. It's a place where, you know, the people of Zalesh get to, like, really mingle. So there's a lot of different uh, shops and stalls and all sorts of cool, fun games and things. It's kind of like the big hangout place here. That's cool. We haven't gotten to hang out much else. Much. We haven't gotten to hang out much around besides the conservatory. Mm. Well, you know, hopefully uh, we can get around town on the break after the school year ends. It's coming up, though, too, right? Aren't you guys going to... I mean, we got what we needed for the final project I think what kind of uh, familiar are you gonna summon I think I know 
Oh, yeah? And I think you'll see. Alright. I guess you just have to stick around long enough to see. I guess so. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun to put on a magic show. Magic show would be fun. Yeah. Hey, and I hear that the second year there's a collaboration between you guys and the Barter College. Really? Yeah, they usually do some kind of like big. Yeah, the uh, every year the second years do a collaboration with the Barter College and. Uh, some big, you know, theater performance. I think it's sort of uh, the bards perform and the w- mages do the, like, stage sound and special effects, <gasps> lighting and things like that. Oh, my gods. So, that'd be fun. Okay, okay. The Fighters Guild doesn't have anything like that. No. <laughs> no, but they might bring us in a, as, a, like, stagehands. Mm-hmm. Do you play any instruments? Uh, me? No. <laughs> no, I never had time for any, anything like that. No. <sighs> well, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. It, rumor is that they're doing... Um, what's that one show that they... They've always been talking about doing, uh, like, bigger show than they did the year before. Uh-huh. Rumor around the Fighters Guild is that they're doing um a show called The Wizard of Roz. Huh. Like Riz? Like the Riz we were just talking about? I guess so. I just thought there was a type of mage called a wizard. <laughs> Have I heard of such a thing? Uh, make a history check. Great. Or performance for knowledge about performance. Let's do history. Not 20. Yeah, Rizard is the, like, a, a very popular slang term for a bard. So silly. So, like, in, so this, silly. In, in this game world, wizards and sorcerers are called mages. Yeah. And there's not a huge distinct, like, Everyone's looped in. If you're an arcane caster, you're looped into the group of mage. Warlocks included? Uh, warlocks too, but warlocks within the mages guild typically hide the fact that they're warlocks. It's not necessarily super popular to make a deal with an extra planar creature, especially if they're either a devil or a um, like a fey creature. What's wrong with little devils? I don't think there's anything wrong with them. <laughs> um, but generally, like, within the structure of mage, the mages guild, wizards kind of look down on sorcerers because wizard, <laughs> wizards spend all their time studying and mastering, like, becoming knowledgeable. Yes. And, like, they, it takes effort to be a wizard. It yes. takes talent and skill to some degree. It takes no effort and no talent and no skill to be a sorcerer. You just have the magic in your blood and you channel that sure you know your bloodline so in the eyes of a wizard at least it doesn't take any effort to be a sorcerer but all that aside the term mage typically refers to blanket blanket statement blanket statement including sorcerers wizards some warlocks 
a wizard is a play on obviously wizard, but it's like uh, another term for a bard. Yeah. So like riz wizard. Very very popular amongst bards. Love calling themselves like wizards. So you That's know, so theater kid of them, a hundred percent. You and you know that uh, the name Wizard of Roz is. You know exactly what Keith is referring to. The Wizard of Roz is a story about a young bard who is swept away on this grand adventure. Who uh, needs to make friends and uh, almost a little bit of like what you were talking about earlier with like Aerith, where in order to really be a powerful mage, right, you have to have friends, yeah. make the connections and things like that. So the Wizard of Roz is this bard who, you know, really truly wants to be a wizard. Yeah. Goes on this grand adventure, making friends, trying to become a powerful mage. Um, and by the end of it learns that the true power are the friends we make along the way. Now, is this a play or is this a musical? It's a musical. <laughs> of course, of course. Mostly because it... In universe, it's very like... It's a play on The Wiz, if you've ever seen The Wiz. Uh-huh. But also because I will not overlook the opportunity to include a musical episode <laughs> of this podcast. Just saying. Fuck yeah. Um, something to look forward to. I think I'll just kick it with Keitha a while longer. Soak up some of the night sky, but not for, not for like the whole night or anything. Yeah, she seems very quiet, contemplative. Um, One thing that does, I think would probably be pretty clear to you, there's a pretty strong, there's a pretty strong tonal shift. Before, Keitha was kind of like blushing and like, like the talk of like being alone with you and like hanging out. Um, It felt very like, at least you could probably tell. Yeah. It felt very, like, flirtatious on her end. Yeah. There's a pretty strong tonal shift when she realizes, uh, or maybe remembers, maybe has, like, comes to, like, a better conclusion that you are not significantly younger than her, but there's a pretty... At that age, it feels a big... Freshman to senior feels too big of a gap. Yeah. Yeah. So she definitely, like... You you feel her kind of pull away a little bit through the course of the conversation. And then by the end of the night, she isn't... Oh, sorry. Our rats are being loud. We have rats! Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, and they're more in the recording area than Lila previously was, but Lila's still here. Um, but where we are now is basically right next to the rat cage, which is nice for me because I get to look at them while we're recording but they are a little noisy sometimes it's beetle and bonesaw and saffy and mary yeah i always want to say barthus but barthus isn't a, a rat 
No. Not yet. What? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I got a good shot of Beetle eating something really slow out of both of her hands. <laughs> they got pumpkins this year uh, for Halloween. I guess I shouldn't date the episode too much. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I I think I kind of pick up on that tonal shift, but I don't like... I don't know. I wasn't going for something flirty originally, so I don't think I like have anything to shift on my end. I just like no, take yeah. mental note of it. Um, well, I mean... I appreciate you hanging out. Well, it's it's late. I should probably get back. Yeah. Do you have somewhere to sleep tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll just head back to the guild. Oh, okay. It's not far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get back safe. <laughs> Out of character. I was about to be like, text me when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Send me a home emoji. Oops. Yeah, she uh, kind of smiles and nods and leaves you up on the roof. I don't want to fall asleep up here. Um, I'll take a minute longer to soak up the night sky. Is there enough moonlight to like see well? Mm-hmm. I think I'll... Get my letter out, get a letter out, and start writing back to my parents. Okay. Um, actually, I'll wait till we wrap up the year. It's like almost there. Um, I'll tell them how first year went. Cool. Well, yeah, you make it back to the room. A good night's sleep is had by all. Is there anything that you would like to do before the graduation ceremony? Yes. Um, I want to see if Sid is up for a prank with uh, Lena and me. Okay. Um, So maybe, maybe we all get breakfast in the morning. Um, and at breakfast, <laughs> we got rat sounds in the background, rat sounds in the background, um, to Sid, I say, um, so, Lena and I were wondering if maybe, let's prank someone! <laughs> Lena, like, jumps in. You and Amira and me, we pranking someone. (laughs) If you want to. I was thinking maybe it would be fun if we all did something. Lena's like, all? All? Hey, Chiwi! Yeah! You want to prank someone? Um, yeah. 
All right, room 11, Roman numeral 2, down to do some pranking. <laughs> what you got in mind, Nymira? Is everyone in? <laughs> Brayton's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and Alan is like, I don't think I've ever pranked anyone before. Oh. Aaron? Fine, Zlextrin, you win. Make a better effort. Whatever. <laughs> it's good for t- team spirit. All right. So what's the plan? Who are we pranking? First, we gotta pick a target. Eldon and his punk crew. <laughs> I was thinking a professor, but that's way better. We shouldn't prank a professor on graduation day. What? Oh, wait, no. Professor's a way better idea. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know who deserves a prankin'? That crotchety windbag Ford. I think so. We should prank him. Is that the snooze fest guy? Yes. Oh, I got a good one. Oh, history of magic, Professor. Yeah. Yeah. I got a good one. What if we wait till he falls asleep and then we move everything in his office <laughs> Two inches to the left. He's going to wake up and be like, why is everything two inches to the left? Makes me think of um, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they move Holt's podium by like (laughs) half an inch and he loses it. He's like, how'd you guys pull this off? Yeah. So good. Um, Good. Yeah. We can do that. Um, maybe we sneak into his, uh... His bedchamber, and we move everything two inches to the right. So then he's in his office, and he's like, do everything two inches to the left. And then he goes to his bedchamber, and he's like, everything's two inches to the right. (laughs) And then he thinks, is something wrong with my equilibrium? Is it left? Is it right? What's going on? Um, let's go to his office see what's going on in there yeah I guess so <laughs> well we could see if that's the best thing to do once we get there sure sure yeah yeah so we're all going yeah if everyone's up for it <laughs> the cat Andro is like meow meow <laughs> <laughs> see and Brayden is like I think Andro's gonna stay here okay and nap sure yeah one down. We go. Woo! So you want to go to Dr. Professor Ford's? Yes. He probably also has a doctorate. He's probably Dr. Ford. Yeah. You want to go to Professor Ford's office? Yes. Uh, you get there with the group, the crew. Uh-huh. Roman numeral two crew. Uh-huh. Uh, and you get there... He's not there. He's not in his office. He was a sleepy one, right? He kept mm. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm. Is Doc- he in his classroom? You can go there and find out if you'd like. I know Sheila Bradley's classroom was right next to her office. Is that the case for here, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll check the classroom. He is currently in class. Oh, like there's a class 
going right now. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to open the door to find that out. When you go there, you see that there's a, a notice that he is, like, class is in session. Yeah. Like a door sign or something? Yes. <sighs> okay. It looks like it's a good time to mess with his office. Percy and I will keep watch. Okay. And she posts up, like, Lazelle and Baldur's Gate. Hands clasped in front Lazelle of her. Lazelle doesn't do that. She's She's arms out. It's only when you play a femme gif oh. that it does the, like, fuck with me, hands together stance. Lazelle's a little bit different, I think. All right, your gif monk. Yeah. Post up. <laughs> I'm hard. Fuck with us. Uh, I think I kind of want Sid to help out, too. Maybe we can figure out what to do. Um, I don't know, Sid. Do you have any... You feeling inspired to do anything? Wacky crazy? Sid's like, no, I, 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 can't, I can't think of anything. Does he have a bookshelf? Several. How are they organized? I was trying to think of what the fantasy version of the Dewey Decimal System is. Uh-huh. And I think in another one of my games, I I do I did come up with a Dewey Decimal System that I called something else, but it's the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember. Is it, like, alphabetical by title? Yes. Um, I'm going to change it to alphabetical by author. Hmm. Last name or first name? First name. Mm. <laughs> that is only one step better than the people who arrange their books by color on the shelf. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, by first name, and then if there are multiple books of the same author, it is by... Middle name. <laughs> if there was a Percy Janet Jackson... You think there would also be a Percy Michael Jackson? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, by author name, first name, and then for multiple books of the same author, by title, but inclusive of books that start with the being Ugh. in the T. <laughs> this is the worst prank you've ever come up with. <laughs> perfect level (laughs) every part of this prank burns my soul i can just feel the like anxiety rising inside of me this this ball of like television static when you're on the wrong channel um yeah i have sid help me with that as we reorganize alan a Aerith, Brayton, and Chiwi are just kind of standing there. Uh-huh. And Chiwi's like, Namira? Yeah, Chiwi. Did you want me to do the thing with the fireball? I I don't think we really want to destroy anything in here. I think we just want to, like, move some things around. What do you mean destroy? Like, the fire m- makes things go on fire. I thought that the fireball makes things teleport to somewhere else. Somewhere safe? Yeah. 
no chili. It, it burns them. Uh-huh. <laughs> it burns them and it turns into ash, usually, or it gets charred, so it gets, like, damaged. Uh-huh. So we're not doing that here. Okay. Yeah. I'll just stand here and wait for you to tell me to do something. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else is in the room? Well, imagine any, like, typical college professor office. Mostly bookshelves. A lot of the... Like, any awards or recognition uh, degrees are hanging on the wall. So you can see that um, Professor Ford has attended several different uh, educational universities for non-magic-related studies. And he has several doctorates in historical studies. So he has... uh, He looks human... But it's clear that he's been alive a lot longer than one human lifetime, especially because your letter, like, Zorus made mention of knowing uh, Professor Ford. Uh Uh-huh. So Professor Ford is probably in some way more than human or has some way of living longer. Not entirely certain. Like, obviously a question for a different day anyway. But because of that, because he's definitely capable of living a lot longer than a human normally would, you see several different degrees. I mean, this guy's got a doctorate in, like, elven historical studies, dwarven historical studies. Like, he studied to an extent, probably for six to eight years per subject. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe even more. Um, and so you, you see that he, his specialty is just history. He's so studied in all the different cultures of, you know, histories of different cultures that people would be like, like, what did you write your doctoral thesis on? And he'd be like, which one? And then proceed to list like a dozen different cultures, dozen different like, you know, specialties within the historical study. He does look like he also has a doctorate in like archaeological studies. Um, anthropology. Um, so it looks like at one point, um, oh, and there's near where he keeps all of his, like, uh, uh, all the degrees relating to like anthropological studies and archaeology studies. He has like a whip hanging on the wall and there's a fedora, like (laughs) battered, beaten, like just totally like destroyed. I mean, this thing is seen, not just better days, but it. this thing is on its last, like, touching this thing, removing it from where it's resting on one of the shelves. Would disintegrate would, it. It would collapse in on itself. His first name's Kentucky. Kentucky Ford. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, dozens of different, like, doctoral degrees. Like, he clearly took the time to study history itself. Uh-huh. Um so that's kind of all along the wall behind his desk. So a very respectable figure worthy of respect and admiration. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, which is the perfect person to pray. <laughs> um is there 
a letter out on his desk like every single desk in Baldur's Gate? <laughs> no. There's no letter out on the Just desk. Just perfectly out and mm-hmm. readable? No. Mm. Yeah, the desk is in, in perfectly organized. Everything's put away where it should be. It doesn't look like it, he was like in the middle of using the desk and then walked away from it to go do something else. Yeah. Um, does he have a, like, do you get a, like a certificate when you graduate your final year at the conservatory? You would get some sort of acknowledgement whenever you graduate any, um, Arcane University. But there is not one anywhere here for the conservatory. In fact, as you're looking through... For Ford? For Ford. You do see that there doesn't appear to be any... Acknowledgement or certificate of any kind for any arcane university. All the degrees that he has appear to be uh, academic study, oh. like standard academic study, non-magical yeah. academic study. Do we know um, if he is magely? Um, he has demonstrated magic before. Uh-huh. I believe in like the very first, the very first day when everyone got pulled into the big room, he did something. Um, he doesn't often demonstrate magic, but you know that all the professors here are capable of it. Um, the, there is an organization here in Zalesh called, uh, Zasaitela, which is the name of the, like, non-magic academic university here. Uh-huh. And it does look like he also teaches there. He most likely teaches at both. Oh. Um, and that is where a good amount of his degrees are from. Very respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, alright. What would you like to do? <laughs> um, to Sid, I say, what do you think? Is that a level comfortable with does that sound seem good yeah okay um can can i go can i go get lena you want to get lena okay yeah you see sid walk to the door and like motion her in and you hear lena go okay percy you're in charge keep watch if anything goes wrong you know, let us know before you run from the coppers. And you hear... <laughs> and Lena if, would... And you can't see Percy right now, but if you could see Percy, you would see Percy salute Lena and then stand, like, at attention. And... Cute little, little standing fairy. Like, bipedal mm-hmm. stood at attention. Cute. Um... Lena comes in, closes the door, and Sid says... Did you did you want to move everything two inches to the left? <laughs> Lena was like, Lena goes, fuck yeah! I knew you'd <laughs> wanted. I fucking knew it. And Lena like takes off for the desk. Yeah. And she's like, come on, move the desk. And she tries to pull it, but it's too heavy. And she's like, hey Sasquatch. And no one responds. <laughs> she's like, oh come on, big guy. Yeti. Brayton? Giant man. Goliath. And you say Brayton's name and Brayton's like, 
Huh? She's like, come on, you're the big one. Help us move. You're, you're the muscle. And Brayden's like, I, I don't have any muscle. What are you talking about? He's just human. Yeah, yeah. But he is, I mean, he's the tallest person in your group. Yeah. He's not necessarily meaty or muscly. Not Goliath. But he's t- much taller. He's like six foot. And yeah. he's taller than everyone else. So Lena's like, come on. <laughs> and so Brayden's like, all right. And you see Brayton get to the other side. And Brayton is pushing. And Lena is pulling. And the desk still won't budge. Dang. Um, she's like, let me get Percy. And she was like, um, I can help. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll, um, keep watch. No, but we need you too, Nymira. What if somebody comes? We got Percy on watch. He's, he's got it. And if this was a movie, it would like cut to Percy standing outside the office, (laughs) completely not paying attention. People are walking the halls and like walk right by him and someone and someone stops and is like looking around like looks at the ferret, looks up, looks that around. Lena's rabbit. What the, fuck? what the fuck? And then like Percy like notices he's being watched and he looks up and then he gives like a huh. <laughs> That's what I was thinking he yeah. might do. I don't know how to explain that that like like what? Like yeah, that yeah. Pun, like you know, throw your chest out, arms back, like what? Anyway, Percy gives like a Um, so anyway, cut back to the room. Um, He's just like picking fights with normal sized people. (laughs) Um, Chiwi is like, I can help. Okay. So Chiwi walks over and... Lena's like, yeah, a lot of help Chewy can be. Chewy's so small, right? barely bigger than I am. And then Chewy uh, starts to do these like hand motions of like ca- casting a spell. Yeah. And you can see Chewy casts enlarge reduce oh. on themselves oh. and gets big, but Chewy's a goblin, so Chewy's small size. Yeah. So Chiwi goes to medium size and is about the same height as Sid. Whoa. But as Chiwi grows, all of their muscles start bulging. <gasps> and it's almost like like comically large muscles. Yeah. But like on a Hulking me- out. Yeah, basically, yeah, hulking out. And Chiwi's already green, yeah. so <laughs> uh and then like normal Chiwi head and face on this like totally t- like tanked stacked Mr. Universe type body. Yeah. Uh, and then Chewie just puts one hand on it and just pushes slightly and the desk's the desk moves like six inches. Uh-huh. A couple of things happen when this happens. Number one, everyone is dumbstruck. They have no idea what to do about this whole Chewie getting yoked thing. And so there's this like level of like the fuck just happened and people are so in awe of this that what you don't see at first is that because the desk moved like six inches you now see there's actually a stone like trap door underneath the desk uh guys yeah actually uh what when the spell is on (laughs) 
she was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chewie, what is it, Nymira? Now Chewie's going to tell me to um, take a step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> step into a Slim Jim. I, excuse me, I was just looking up uh, pictures of Scrappy-Doo muscled out. I don't know if you would get that reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's I'm, how I picture Chiwi right now. I'm so tempted. I was so tempted to make Chiwi's bulk voice like, wow! <laughs> Open the door! That would also be good. Um, uh, get to the chopper! People would be like, what's a chopper? You know, like someone who chops vegetables. A chopper. Wow. Wow. But no, no. Chewie's bulk voice is just dark, rough. <laughs> and it, it might not make sense immediately, but you think about, like, the group is like, oh, well, Chewie does come from... Like a tribe, the blood, the Bloodhand tribe, yeah, right, of goblins that serve hobgoblins and orcs. So there's this level of like, well, Chibi comes from this very like aggressive, warlike tribe. So it sort of makes sense, right, that in order to like adapt, Chibi's had to like learn the magic that would help show their aggression, right? Fireball, the you know, becoming this hulked out enraged yeah. thing. So kinda fits in with that the you know how Chiwi is. Chiwi but, got some big spells. But Chiwi also, yeah, there's this there's some level of it of like, well damn, how powerful is Chiwi really? Like should Chiwi be a first year student? Yeah. But I mean then also forgetting five the number five. Oh yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Um leaps and strides. Um, the door is still partially covered. The six inches did not move the desk far enough to be able to like pull the door open or access the door. But there is clearly like a stone panel there that would move. Um, do we know schedules enough to know how long the class is left? You probably have at least 45 minutes. Do we... You guys want to move it off? Lena's like... I mean, yeah, but I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to be I don't want to rain on anyone's uh, you know taco stand, but we don't have Kita with us. If we go down there and there's like dangerous stuff, are we gonna be all right without Kita there to watch our backs? Why would there be dangerous stuff down under Ford's office? Lena gives you like all the emotion drops off Lena's face. And she gives you, like, a, really? They let us go to Hellas, <laughs> Nymira. Not only go, they sent us there. The headmistress was like, time to go to Hellas, and took us there. Ta-ta! Like, <laughs> far be- <sighs> You know what? Fine. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. If, if, maybe there's nothing down there. Maybe. Maybe whatever is died a long time ago. Like a basilisk? Inside of this chamber that is clearly secretive? 
the secretive chamber where we might find some kind of snake-like <laughs> lizard amphibious basilisk creature. Gosh, I sure hope not. Yeah, that would be copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> Something about Lena saying copyright infringement is real good. I think she should be the copyright police of our game. <laughs> um... Um, truly yeah. the Bugs Bunny of this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sid's like, should, should, should we go? Um, I really want to know what's down there. I think this school has a lot more secrets than we know of. Yeah. Worth a look? Sid looks at Brayden, and Brayden's like, if you want to. We should probably leave someone up here, too. So we have someone at the door and someone here. Oh, yeah. And and no offense, Lena, but maybe maybe we should leave someone, like a person, like, like someone who's capable of, like, talking, you know? She's like, yeah, plus Percy's going to want to see what's down here. Um, so, I guess which one of us stays as the lookout outside? Brayton and Sid, do you want to stay up? Sid's like, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I kind of want to go. Okay. Um, inside. Chewie, do you want to be the inside lookout? Yeah. Okay. Um, how are you feeling, Brayton? Aerith? I'm going. So you, you really think I would let you go by yourself? And I don't mean by yourself as in none of these other people exist. Because you all exist and you're all trying your best. You want to split the glory when it's somebody else's glory, huh? I just don't want to not get any glory. Well, I think you're glorious. She gets really wide-eyed and face turns red. Let's focus, Zlipstrin. <laughs> See, um, this is why you're not passing all of your classes, because you don't have the same whoa. focus and determination as I do. Well, I assume. I don't, I don't actually know. Yeah, they don't put the grades up. Well, not have really... you been checking rosters? What? No, it's sort of like a pass-fail situation. You either pass or you fail. I don't think I'm failing any of my classes. Well, the the ultimate test is the summoning of the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you fail to summon a familiar, then you'll... You fail. Uh, maybe focus on yourself a little bit more. How did... Big one. Move the desk off the door. Is that Chewy now? I guess, yeah. <laughs> she was like, No! <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No! <laughs> She's like, <sighs> And Alan is like, That's it again. <laughs> God. Um, Aerith goes, Will you please move the desk out the door? 
she was like, Wow! You said please! <laughs> yeah, okay. And Chewie finishes pushing the dead. Oh, goddammit, the voice. Wow! <laughs> you said please! Okay. <laughs> the desk gets pushed off. Brayden's like, I-, I could stay up here. Okay. Was it Chewie also who was down to stay up? Oh. Well, who's going to stay outside instead of Percy? Right. What? We should keep someone outside in the hallway yeah. where Percy is. Is Chewie still down to be by the hatch? Yeah. Okay. And you want to be the person by the door? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. The Brayton goes outside. Yeah. Percy comes inside. You see the Hulk out kind of tones down and then eventually Chibi returns to normal size mm-hmm. and is like um I have to save some to put the desk back oh yeah that's a good idea Alan is like so are we going? Uh, yeah I think so I mean we gotta open it see if there's like a ladder down or something oh yeah yeah so it's you Aerith Alanae, Lena, Percy, and Sid. Yeah. Okay. Um, make an investigation check Ooh. on the hatch. It's a hatchback. Throw that hatchback, baby. That one. I'm sorry. Can you say that louder? It's a natural one. <gasps> Ooh, well, you look at it and determine... What if we had radio sounds like... (laughs) (laughs) He's so silly. Um, You... Sound effects would step up our game. That would be a cool thing to look at adding as we move into more recording in 2024. My friend Tom, when he runs uh, D&D through Discord, he does have... uh, like a soundboard? A soundboard. And one of the things he does is he bleeps himself out when he's cussing. And it's so much funnier than just cussing. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to Tom. Very funny DM. Mm. Anywho. Yep. Uh, so, you investigate. You look, you look at the door. Um, you're trying to find a way to open it. There does seem to be hinges, but there are no there's no locking mechanism there's no latch, there's no padlock or uh, there, and there isn't even a handle. There's there's clearly uh, uh, hinges but the, the stone is carved in where the hinges are sitting so that if the door is closed, it's completely flat. A natural one around Aerith just means she's going to one-up me. A hundred percent. Aerith says, oh, yes, well, uh, did you have I... anything you wanted to contribute? To <laughs> um, I don't really know what to do here. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what, what? Can you help out? Yes, it's very simple. <laughs> D- do it. Oh, all right. And she pulls out a uh, wand, 
and she starts kind of hovering the wand in circular pattern, like circular motions. Um, she's not making any noise, but she's hovering over where like a central lock or handle would be. Uh-huh. And she's, it, it goes from large circles, kind of smaller, like she's definitely honing in. And then when she gets down to where it's like about to come to a point, the tip of the wand, like almost like a magnet right to where it is. And you can see her mouth some words in Elvish. You speak Elvish? I think you do. No. Oh, you don't? No. Yeah, you see her like mouth some words in Elvish. You don't hear any sound or anything. But then you you see her begin to like pull the wand up. And she's holding it kind of parallel. And then as she pulls, it almost like her hand comes up to where the wand is now perpendicular to the floor Mm -hmm. and she's lifting and it looks like she's struggling and she goes to grab it with two hands and pull and the the door comes up and there is a ladder Uh, um i'll cast light on my circlet are we wearing those Mm -hmm. um i'll cast light on that Mm mm-hmm is it one target at a time? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cantrip. Um, I'll cast it on my sh- shoe. <laughs> okay. Um, so that it's like more downward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll kind of stick my foot in there and look around. Well, you can tell by looking down, it probably only goes down like 30 feet. Uh-huh. So your dark vision... Uh, as you look down, you can see the bottom, oh, okay. but it is very, I mean, it's pitch black down there. There's no light source down there already. So just looking down there, you see it descend into darkness and you're sort of, uh, the, the dark vision is sort of like an infrared vision, right? Yeah. Like you can see without light, but it's very grainy and black and white. Right? It's like gray, grayscale. You can see the bottom and it does open up at the bottom. So it almost looks like it's about 20 feet of ladder. Yeah. And then the ladder extends maybe another five feet down into the room, but the but the stone stops and you can see it opens up, but you can't see anything else about the room. Mm. It's a very thin shaft. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you see the bottom. Uh, do, did you still want to cast light? Yeah. Okay. Um, Aerith is like, well, you first look straight. Okay. I'm going. I'll start going. Cool. You descend to the bottom. You can hear how old this ladder is. It's not moving in the way of like not being secure to the stone, but the metal itself, just the strain of the of your weight on this old metal. Very creaky. Um, just sounds creaky. Um, like an old swing. Yeah, yeah, and you you can hear that like you you can sense that it's not going to like give way right. It's not going to pull out of the wall or anything, and just is very old. Yeah, metal tells the time of this hole. Let's eat, baby. That's what it says when it creaks. You said it tells the time, so I had to. 
Um, In the morning, it, we are early grinders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up and grind. That's all we do. Yeah, get we up were and definitely awake at eight thirty-eight. Grind that coffee, right? That's what. You're, that's what you're talking about. Is that what? Is that what people do? Is that what people do at eight thirty? They grind coffee grind beans. Coffee. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just wake up and grind coffee. Eight thirty. A.M. A.F. Anyway. <laughs> um, I descend. You descend into the depths. Into the depths and darkness. Uh, you get to the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. Your light illuminates the room. Um, it looks like a study. It has bookshelves. The room itself is probably uh, 60 feet by about 60 feet. Perfect I, for my dark vision. <laughs> um, it's, you, uh, you descend and you're right in the, the center. You come down in the center of the room. Yeah. Um, you see that there's bookshelves. You see that they're, what? Are they organized? <laughs> yes, the same way that the ones up top were. Okay, I'll let you continue. But yeah, it's it's a study. It's a It's a private study. I will do the same reorganization. Yeah, and the rest of your friends follow you down mm-hmm. and begin to help you. And, uh, yeah, it, the books down here, though, oh yeah, are much older. And you see that one of the books is titled uh, The History and Culture of Those Who Came Before. And the book seems to be like the subtitle when you look in the first like front of the book. Yeah. Talks about the people of Din who lived here prior to the first age. So you know that the first age is the age of elders. That was the dragons dragons basically coming to Din and taking over. Uh There was uh, a war between the dragons and... And people that are known as those who came before, the people who are native to this world. The dragons won. They took over. There was the Age of Elders. Then the Second Age, the Age of Unity, is the age where the elves, dwarves, and orcs united. Yeah. They hunted down the dragons, supposedly, to extinction. Um... They formed the Age of Unity. That only lasted about 100 years because the elves then betrayed the orcs and the dwarves. And the elves, in that betrayal, they gained the power of the Fae. Uh-huh. And they essentially dominated the whole world. And the Age of Elves, or the Age of Fae, is the Third Age. Um, and that is essentially pure elven dominion superiority over everyone kind of thing yeah um and then once the dominion fell several there were several different dominions um once they all fell uh that age ended and it was the age of desolation which was like the thousand year period where everyone was scattered and broken and rebuilding and then that age ended with a big attack hellas opened a portal a large portal called the hellas gate they came flooding in um, and there were several heroes that went to the gate, fought there, beat back the armies, 
closed the gate, and that started the fifth age, which is what you guys are in right now, and it's the Age of Heroes. Um, named after the Heroes of Red Glade. But more history that's not relevant to what's going on. Just some Very cool. lore dump. Yeah. But those who came before references the people who were native to Din who lived here before the dragons came and yeah. took over. Um, and you know that their language is often referred to as old speech. It is actually the language that mages use for spellcasting, for their, like, that is the central language. Now, each mage is different. Some mages want their spells in their, like, uh, homelands, the, the tongue of their people, you know, native tongue is the word I was looking for. Um, so, like, some mages will keep it in Infernal or Common uh-huh. or whatever. Um, but this, the old speech is the language of those who came before, and that's what the council uses. So every member of the Mages Council, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's 25 members of the Mages Council. We don't have to go over it in great detail, but when they become members of the council, they shed their previous name, and they shed all titles, and they, they give up their previous life, and they take a singular name, which is usually uh, one or two syllables, and it is a word in Old Speech uh, that becomes their new name when they join the council. Um, so this book appears to be written in a very archaic form of common, uh, the rough equivalent of us who speak English looking at something like, um, Shakespeare, original Shakespeare in that like old English, like Shakespearean English. So you can tell that it's written in common, but it's in this really, really archaic common and it's legible. Um, but what you do notice um, is that there are notes in the margins in common common in ink that looks like it's relatively recent, like in the last few years, maybe, versus the book itself, which was clearly written thousands of years ago. Yeah. Remarkably well-preserved, most likely with magic, some type of enduring spell book, but obviously for regular text. Um yeah, and most of the books here are of this quality. They're they're in these well-preserved tomes, oh. super old, easily thousands of years old, like minimum 1,000 years, possibly older. A lot of them talk about those who came before. A lot of them are tomes about the study of elders, dragons, yeah. um, the different kinds, the strengths, weaknesses. Like there's a whole bunch of lore here that is not readily available to people at the school. Yeah. Uh, and definitely would not be available at all to anyone outside of this like academic circle of mages. Very cool. Um, and you just fuck it all up. You just put yeah. it in all sorts of different. Yeah. First name, last name, the ETC. Ugh. <laughs> um, I'm going to, uh, um, is there anything else in here? Another desk? There is another desk. Um, it is equally as organized as the previous one. Nothing left out for you to conveniently read. Um, but this one is not as large and thick as the other desk is. This one is a much more, like, simple 
writing desk rather mm. than the one that was above, which was much more reminiscent of like the Liberty desk, like this big, thick oak, intricately carved, massive, you know. Um, this desk is more like very simple. <laughs> this desk has like Ikea vibes. Yeah. Like you bought an Ikea desk, put it together, you know. Um, man. It's so crazy. He has a secret study down here. Yes. It is. I'm going to look through the desk a little. See if there's anything of note. Um... You start going through drawers, looking at looking at what's in there. Nothing in the center, like the one that's like right underneath the desk, the center drawer. Nothing there. Not, there's writing supplies, ink, uh, ink pens, things like that in the top two drawers on each side. In the very bottom drawer on the left, there's a lockbox that has a small padlock on it. Uh-huh. And it's the only thing that's in that drawer. You know, the larger drawer on the bottom, like two thin drawers and then a large drawer. On the right, same thing, like I said, in the top two drawers, writing utensils, parchment, paper, ink. Parchment, newspaper, whatever. Um, The bottom one, when you go to open it, doesn't open. There doesn't appear to be a locking mechanism. There doesn't appear to be any switches or anything. It just doesn't open. Can I tell if, like, something's too big in there and it's stuck? No, it it feels as though it either is not intended to open at all, and it's just for looks, like it's just a wood section that someone put a handle on to make it look like a drawer, or it's magically sealed. Um, um, I'll cast identify on it. You take a minute. You cast identify. When you touch the drawer, you identify that the drawer is under the effects of an arcane lock spell. Um, it's meant to basically keep it shut. Yeah. Something like a knock spell would bypass it. Knowing the command phrase bypasses it, and the identify spell tells you what the command phrase is. Um, and when you cast identify, you find... Uh, that the command phrase is. Let me look it up really quick. Uh, the command phrase is the hellish word for fire. Hellish word? Infernal. It's um, the infernal word for fire. I say it. You hear a click. And the drawer pops open a little bit. Um, do you pull it open? Yeah. Inside, there is what looks like a jewelry box. Ooh. It's a very small wooden jewelry box that has three sm- three drawers that you can like grab the little tiny handle and slide them open yeah. very delicately. Um, and it does have a lid that opens. So it's three drawers and a and a lid that has hinges, so it opens like up, hmm. almost kind of like a music box. Yeah, I'll I'll open the lid. Inside, there are pairs of teeth, but they're not ordinary teeth. 
Mm-hmm. They're fangs. Uh-huh. And everywhere where they're like a little ring, you know, like a little cushion where they're like you'd put a ring in it or like you'd put a pair of earrings, there's a <laughs> pair of fangs. <laughs> Aerith goes, no, 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 no. I'll be upstairs. We've done the prank. I'm, uh, this is beyond me. I, I have no interest. Good luck, Zlickstrin. Um, don't die. Uh, I'm done. And you see her like go climb up the ladder. Um, and Alany is like, are those fangs? I think they're fangs. Like vampire fangs? I think so. Do you think? Aerith! Um, I'm coming. Uh, let's go get some breakfast. How about that? Breakfast. Yes. Let's go. Second breakfast. Second breakfast. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Lena, Lena, I'm sure you'll, you would second breakfast. Yes. Second, second breakfast. And Alan A terrified, trying to hide it, climbs up the ladder. Yeah. Lena and Sid are sitting there and you can see Sid's hair start to smoke a little bit mm. and kind of cinder. Yeah. And Lena and Sid are looking at each other and looking at you. And Lena's like, listen. What? Don't leave me alone. What? Look. All down here alone in a scary dark room? Well, it's not dark. You got your your boots glowing. Oh my god, I have light up sketchers on. Every step has like a little. <laughs> the light changes, like flickers color. The most annoying thing in the movie theater ever. Yeah. <laughs> Lena's like, look, it's not that I don't want to be down here with the box of fangs. Lena. Which it is that I don't want to do that. It's Lena. also. Alan, they said second breakfast, and you know me, <laughs> halflings and second breakfast. It's like, come on. Okay. Okay, goodbye. Lena takes up. Sid's like, maybe, maybe we should follow them. That's well. I just, I just wanted to find out what these were. We can leave right after. I don't want to take it with us. I want to give them back. What do you mean, give them back? Like what? put them back. I'm not gonna take these fangs. Why would you want to? They're obviously fangs. Yeah, I don't want them. Okay, close the drawer then. Well, I, I, I want to keep looking. There's three other little... I, I pull one of them out. More fangs. <laughs> now, with the fangs that are on top, yeah. and the fangs that are in this first drawer, there's easily two dozen pairs of what fangs here. What the fuck? I'll open the other two. More fangs. Fangs on fangs. Yep. The what? bottom drawer has room for more. The bottom drawer is only about half full. I calmly close it and close it and close it and close it. And I say, a lot of teeth. A lot of teeth. Too much, one might say. Um, I put it back. Mm-hmm. I cannot re-arcane this lock. I'll close it. When you close it, you hear, like, the sound of, like, an enchantment take hold. Like, uh, like wind chimes, you know? <laughs> and you can tell that the enchantment, the, 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 uh, abjurative, abjurative effect is back in place. It's locked again. Cool. Um, was there anything else in this desk? 
the other large drawer has a lockbox that has a padlock on it. Oh. No key around? Is it a keyhole? Mm-hmm. Does it seem magical? It does. Can I cast identify one more time? If you want to. Well, I don't know how else to open this. You cast identify. Uh-huh. And you determine that there is an arcane lock spell on the padlock. And it does give you the command phrase, which is the infernal word for soul. Ooh. However, you determine very quickly that the arcane lock on this padlock is in place to essentially increase the DC of picking this lock. Ah. So it isn't that if you give the command word that the arcane lock will open, it will, it will lift, but the padlock will not open on its own. You will need to either pick the lock or use the key. Gotcha. But the DC to pick this lock is now like 10 points lower. Yeah. Sid, do you know how to pick a lock? Do you have Mm. anything? No. (sighs) I feel like Lena would know. Yeah, probably. I mean, we came in here to do a prank. You think we've we've been a little bit too nosy since we've been in here? Yeah. It's just weird to have a bunch of vampire teeth. Like, should we be worried? Is Mr. Ford... Sorry. Is Professor Ford secretly... I do little things with my fingers over my mouth? Well... Okay, but like, okay, let's say he is. Why does he have other vampire fangs in his collection? I don't know, but he's a human, right? And he's been around for how long? I don't know, but he's definitely, I've definitely seen him out in the courtyard during the day. Um. Do you, do you think he's, like, killing Vampires? Like a vampire hunter? Yeah, and somehow, like, I don't know, sapping life from them? Like, because, like, vampires live, I mean, not forever, forever, but, like, they live a lot longer, right? Hundreds of years. Yeah. Do you think maybe he's killing them and, like, taking years from them? I guess so. I wish I could know what's in this box (sighs) maybe we should go I think that's probably for the best besides we can always come back yeah and well he might be better about locking his office after this whole thing yeah (laughs) and we could always rearrange the uh, down here so that he doesn't think that anyone got down here if we put it back and we make it look like no one came down here he might not be as wary about protecting down here because he might go, oh, no one got down here. So this one's, this part's safe. Okay. We do our best to unorganize or reorganize the other way, however he had it. Make a history check. <sighs> Twelve. You think you did a pretty good job? By color. 
Does he have any books on vampires? You don't see any books on vampires down here. Nothing to indicate any connection between vampires and Professor Ford. Huh. And there's nothing else down here? No coffins? There's no coffin, no. No secret wall panels? I mean, you can make a, either perception or investigation to see if you can find secret panels. Secret tunnel. Investigation 17. As far as you can tell, there are no secret doors or panels or tunnels or false walls. All right, let's get out of here. The class is probably wrapping up. You head back up. You get Chewy. Everyone else is in the room still, except for Brayton. You guys, uh, Chewy hulks out. Mm, pushes the desk back into place. <laughs> and then as Chewy steps out of the room into the hallway, Chewy returns to normal. Uh-huh. And Brayton's there. And Lena goes, so, uh, second breakfast. They're all just eating their food? No, they haven't gotten it yet. Oh. They, they were saying, like, let's go get second breakfast at the the cafeteria. Wait, when are we going to watch Captain Ford? Captain Ford. Professor Ford get pranked. We don't got to watch it. We just did it. I thought that was the whole point, was watching it happen. No, because then we risk getting caught. <laughs> okay. Maybe. I mean, if you want to watch... That's your thing. Maybe next time we'll see him. He'll say something funny about it. I'm sure he'll just go, ah, they got me. And it won't be anything bad. No consequences. (laughs) Smash cut to later, his next class after he's been to his office, which is a class that none of you are in. (laughs) He's like standing with his back to the class and the class comes in and sits down. And the, and the class starts, and he slowly turns around, and he's like, I swear to God, I find out which one of you little shits. I will drain the life out of you. Anyway, you guys get your second breakfast? I'll kick your patookas right out of the conservatory. Yeah, breakfast. Um, yeah, you guys have a little, little second breakfast together? I have a little fruit. You are a little fruit. <laughs> Everyone in your group is a little fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, you, you hear the announcement that the graduation ceremony will be uh, later this evening at dusk. I mean, dusk, yeah. I could kind of see Lena being straight, straight in a funny way. Um, all right. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Everyone in your group kind of separates for the day. Some of them spend time in the library. Aerith spends a lot of time in the library trying to make sure that she has the incantation for the spell correct. Um, a lot. A lot of the group is like Sid and Braden break off to have some alone time to like practice the incantations. Um, so everyone kind of spends the rest of the day on their own. What does Nymira want to do with the rest of her day? Mm, um, 
you don't have any practicing to do, you know you're going to be successful at summoning your familiar. Because um, you've already you've already gone through that process with Zarda. Yeah. So you don't really need to practice necessarily. If you can't think of anything to do, we could always just fast forward. If you... I kind of want to sneak back out to where we went to Hellas. Mm-hmm. Um, the dueling pit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to poke around over there. Okay. Um, cause I was real curious about how all of that worked and whether it was like legit or not. So I wanted to, I don't know, poke around, see if, um, there's anything of note over there. Okay. Well, you head that way. Um, and you can see that across the campus, there are lots of students who are um, not necessarily practicing the incantation specifically because the first summoning is supposed to be tonight. Yeah. But you do get a lot of them like reading or practicing other spells, like getting ready for the big ceremony. Yeah. Um, but there aren't really any students over near this building on the other side of campus. Right. When you get there, give me either a perception or an investigation check. We like investigation. 20. Um, Yeah, you're definitely, you're you're certain you're alone. Uh Uh-huh. There's nobody on this side of campus. Um, The building is pretty large, and as you kind of circle around to to get a feel for, you know, what's over here, there really isn't anything. And it does only have the one pair of doors in. Yeah. But you're confident that you're alone. Alone and not watched? If you're being watched, it's with some sort of invisible magical sensor. And unless you have like a way to see invisibility or um, detect magic like in a large radius. Like, of course, detect magic works out to like 30 feet. But if there was a sensor that was like 60 feet above you watching you, you wouldn't be able to detect it with the spell. So... Um, you are confident that you are not being watched by anything physical. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will go in. You speak the command phrase and you get in. And the door closes behind you, which it did before. Um, and it's pretty empty. Um, I just want to... Like, search the perimeter and look for anything, I guess. Make another investigation check. All right. Much lower. Eight. You move through this whole building, and and you can tell, like, this building doesn't have any, like, back rooms. The whole interior of the building lines up with the exterior of the building. It's, It's a fighting arena. There are places for people to sit and stand... But there aren't any, like, back rooms or anything. It's just a place for all of the potentially students or other mages to gather, find their seats, and then get called out. There is, like, a pulpit where someone would call the matches. Um, but no, nothing that is outside of your view by standing in the center of the room. Gotcha. 
Um, nothing at the pulpit that indicates any sort of magical devices or anything. It doesn't appear that there's really any magical devices. There aren't any magical devices anywhere in the room. It's a just a plain old like two mages out on on the the grounds in the center, duking duking it out. There are lines drawn for the mages duel. Yeah. Um, but nothing else other than that. Okay. Um. With your investigation checks and the time that you're spending circling both the out the exterior and the interior, it probably starts to come to you pretty, like, over the course of those few minutes, you're pretty certain if there was any sort of magical effect here, Zarda is the person who did it. Right. It wasn't that there was, like, the, the building was magical or the room is magical. There wasn't anything that she activated, like, in this room. Yeah. Separate from just her ability to cast spells. And you know that there are spells that are like powerful illusion spells that can create like entire rooms. And you've heard that it, probably from your parents or maybe even seen from Virilel, um There are spells that can create like entire buildings. Yeah. Entire layouts, you know, that, that can cover miles. So you know that it's possible something like that could have been done, but you get a pretty strong feeling that if it if that is what happened and you did not actually go to Hellas, um, there's nothing here in this room to indicate that. Correct. Got it. Um, <laughs> since I'm alone in here, um, I'm gonna. Uh, be silly for a minute mm-hmm. and um, kind of act like I'm in a mage's duel and stand at like one edge of it and um, like have like a mage battle stance at an invisible other person and the 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 gesture you just made like wand in one hand and arm extended, it reminded me of the like Obi Wan Kenobi, the one that he's like famous for in Episode Three, oh. <laughs> where he's like lightsaber up with his right hand <laughs> and then the two fingers out, right? Like the hello there, yeah, know? yeah. Is that close to what you're doing? Cause yeah, that's the thing that you did like a thing. <laughs> yeah, wand overhead, kind of pointing above. Really helps triangulate your aim, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing that. And um, I'm, like, walking. I'm pacing as if, like, sidestepping somebody also pacing around the room. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to, like, duck down <laughs> like I'm uh, avoiding a hit. Mm-hmm. And then I want to firebolt... Um, ideally not hit the wall, ideally like firebolt to that place, that point I have in mind and it just ends there in that point in the air. When you duck down to like avoid, you see a small moat of fire fly past you and hit the wall behind you and like dissipate. Seemingly originating from thin air. 
I do mine back. My firebolt. Uh, it, as you said, you're not trying to hit the wall. Yeah. Um, but you do yours back, and then you see another moat of fire come up, like, from across from you, um, to, like, fly back in your direction. What's your armor class? <laughs> um, I have 12 written, 15 yeah. with, I don't have major armor at this level, um, 12 plus one from GoldenEye? Yes. The 13. Um, so, you see this moat of fire come up, and it... this like a little tiny moat, like a little bead... Yeah. ...that, like, ignites into, like, a very, like, cartoonish flame. Yeah. Like, standard flame shape. Uh, and it flies towards you, and you hear a voice in your head that you recognize and it's this very like soft, sensuous kind of fiendish voice that says, um, step to your left. I do so. It just barely misses you. The firebolt. Yeah. It's coming towards you. Um, and then kind of appearing behind you, like suddenly there, you don't even see it appear. You just, feel her is the succubus yeah i think ashtaroth mm-hmm. yeah she says your form needs work <coughs> um i i bet um i was just messing around Again, and she looks like she's going to punch you, but before her fist makes contact, like a telekinetic force shoves you across the mage uh, arena, Uh and you manage to, like, land on your feet. Yeah. And she steps to where you were standing. Yeah. And her wings just (laughs) fully (laughs) extend. She kind of, like... She repositions her feet so that her right foot has, like, a side, like, that that perpendicular. Um, And her left foot pointed towards you, her wings kind of out and almost kind of curled in slightly, like, ready to defend. Yeah. And she, like, extends her right hand. She opens it, and her claws, like, fling out. There's, like, large talons. And a moat of fire appears in her hand. I think... Nymira feels like she should be more nervous, but is, like, actually a little excited, too, that this feels like a somewhat playful mage battle that she's about to have. Um, I'm going to try to hit her. Okay. With a fireball. Is that a roll to hit? Yeah. Um, Spell attack bonus. Plus six, I think. Yeah. Natural 20. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, uh, with the... Like, crit- God damn. <laughs> with the critical rules that I use, on cantrips, it's one die maximized automatically. Which would be a 10? Which would be a 10. And a, and then you roll the, the critical, the doubled die. So in your case, since your spell is 1d10 damage, you get a full 10. Yeah. And then you roll a second d10. 10. <laughs> so it's a critical 
Full 20 damage. Yeah. Why Jesus. Don't, why don't you tell me what it looks like, Miss? I should be nervous, but I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to fuck this bitch up. I think... Telekinetic fuck around, firebolt, find <laughs> out. Um, I think that um, I, like, slide kind of onto my feet, and then I go back to that position of... Mage wand over my head. Mage wand Kenobi. <laughs> you silly. I know. Um, and wand and point. And um, I I think it's going to come out of my wand. Um, but it actually comes out of my finger point and the wand at the same time. And it just, like, the, the, the flames kind of... The, roar up my from my shoulder blades like cascading down to my hands and then it just like rips off of my hands to uh the scary lady Ashtara. right before it's about to strike her the firebolt takes the brief shape of a tiny sized dragon Ooh. like and like wings explode outward yeah and it, it almost like uh the the dragon from lord of the rings when the, the fireworks and like comes down and it's yeah. like yeah. um it sort of takes like that shape where its wings just fully extend its mouth opens and you almost hear like a little dragon roar and the fireball hits her right as it hits her you see her smirk just a little bit yeah and when the firebolt hits her the illusion completely dissipates she just pff, turns to smoke. And you hear from above you. And you see Zarda. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh... And you see her sort of like step mistily. And she appears down next to you. Like she starts walking and all of a sudden... And continues walking out of the very the, cool the step, <laughs> and she walks right up to you, and she's still clapping. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of our audio, I'm not gonna clap and talk <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but uh, she kind of like stands near you, uh, and she says, uh, "I see that your familiar has unlocked something quite unique." Inside of you. Oh. Uh. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for you, in a way. I assume that you are going to keep the true nature of our little field trip a secret. Yes. Yes. Did you decide on a name for your new friend? Also, yes. I very much look forward to meeting them tonight. I'll, I'll get out of here, I think. I think I'll get out of here. Do you remember what I said? Um, when? Fair, I've said a lot of things. Uh, I told you and your friends... That you are not to come here without my permission. Hmm. I thought you were going to say something like inspirational. Um, 
I do. I do remember that. Yeah. She nods and like gestures for you to walk towards the door and she accompanies you. And when she gets to the door, she opens it and kind of like lets you go first. And she steps out and closes the door. And she says, high marks for the impressive display of your magic. I've not seen a young mage so talented in, well, since your mother and I attended the conservatory. So, high marks. <laughs> and I'll see you in detention when we get back next year. <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. S- sounds good. That's fair. She takes a couple steps away from you and she stops and turns around and says, I suspect I'll be seeing a lot more of you in the coming years. Assuming you pass tonight. And she kind of like winks. Do remember. It's one thing to disobey orders from teachers... Professors, headmistresses, leaders of potential mage orders that you join beyond your years here. It's one thing to disobey them because you feel it's the right thing to do. Uh, Seeking to accomplish something, if you feel like you've been given an order you don't think is uh, just or, you know, you, you, you must accomplish something. But in order to do so, you must break a rule or two. But do understand that some of the rules here are put in place for the safety of the students. I I understand. That room does have something of a, a, a resident... Someone who can manipulate the illusions uh, and and spellcraft that's inside of it. It's meant to train mages how to duel. Like a Star Trek? Or a... Yeah, like a Star Trek. The... The holodeck? Yeah, the holodeck. Yeah, something like that. Oh my god. She says, however... Only an administrator can adjust the settings by interacting with this resident. And it is currently set to what is essentially no safety. Gotcha. If Astaroth had landed a spell against you, it could have killed you. So, that being said... The more time you spend in detention, the more time you'll have to train in this simulation. I nod. Just be careful. Okay. Is that the dungeon? Mm Mm-mm. The dungeon is different? Mm Mm-hmm. There's detention and a dungeon? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. Detention is like... Detention is more so like you got caught... Uh, like breaking curfew. It's not really a curfew. There's like a you should be in bed kind of thing. What are you doing outside? Yeah. 
It's for like the the stuff like people are getting up to like silly shenanigans, like student age shenanigans. The dungeon complex, but very specifically the, the dungeons, I should say with an S. The D period U period N period G period E period O period N period S period, which has a full meaning. Um, that is more for people who are like legitimately trying to summon demons and devils. Like that that level of re-education is meant for people who are n- not taking they're not taking liberties with like the silly rules and being school age children. They're, they're breaking major mage rule, major mage law and are like endangering other people. Like if someone summoned a demon and it killed a student, they would be sent to the dungeons. Um, um, that's kind of the main difference. Um, dungeons stands for, the Department of Ubiquitous Nurturing, Guidance, and Education for Otherwise Negligent Students. <laughs> Dungeons. Anyway. Um, I take my scolding. Cool. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I can't believe I hit it like that. That yeah, was really good. Yeah. Matt 20 and max damage. Crazy. It reminds me of that time... Where I said, my bard was like, is it, was it Vara? That was the name of your paladin? And my Vera. Bar, Vera. Yeah. And my bard was like, it, uh, bonus action inspiration to you. Like, you can do it. And then I rolled an attack roll. And that I, happened several times, I, I think. Yeah, I rolled a nat 20 and it, it killed it. Yeah. And then I think the next session I did the exact same thing. Rolled a nat 20, rolled max damage, killed it. After having inspired you to kill the thing, mm-hmm. uh, I think it happened three or four times. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very, very funny. Go kill count. Yeah, <laughs> truth and consequence. Um, anyway, uh, so you take your scolding, and uh, you spend a good amount of time out here um, investigating, learning about this, undertaking all of this. Um, so it's about time for people to start getting ready for the graduation ceremony. So when you get back to your room to to get ready, you find everyone else is there. Yeah. Already kind of dressed up. They they are dressed in... They are dressed in finery, but it's not like going to court as a noble finery. It's like the finest mage outfits. And so some of them have more... Like, a, as you see, as you come out and see some of the other students... Someone like Eldon has like a battle mages outfit. So some of them, when they when they talk about like battle mages, they have like armor pieces on them. It's very reminiscent of like the Clone Wars, like Obi Wan and Anakin, like the Jedi having pieces of clone armor on. Yeah, kind of mixed in with their robes. Uh-huh. You see, like Eldon has like a battle mage armor where he's got like um, the uh, pauldrons. And he does have what looks like some type of breastplate. It must be made from some, like, lighter metal, maybe mithril. Um, you see a lot of people have, like, battle mage armors, but but some of them just have really fine robes. Yeah. I mean, it's a basically 66 students, 67, including Nymera, 67 students who all embody a 
quote unquote stereotypical mage. Yeah. Like you would look at them and be like, oh, they're a mage. Yeah. Like much the same way when I attended the uh, Death Cab for Cutie concert and I texted you and I said, literally everyone here looks exactly like how I would imagine <laughs> someone attending a Death Cab concert would look like. Um, you, you see all these people and it's like, oh yes, these are mages. And it is not so much that they haven't earned this prestige. Her ear is sticking out. Oh. Sorry. Go touch I it. I just want to touch it so Go bad. touch it. <laughs> if, if she lets you touch it. Pausing for the touching of a little Dumbo-eared rat. Oh. Oh. Beetle's like, hi. Hi. She's been really social lately. Yeah. Um, Harry's like, oh, me too. What's up? Um, Sorry. No, you're good. Not sure how we're going to cut all that together. If we just leave it in, fuck it. We're, 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 that's the thing I was thinking about. We're recording like at our house. We're not like professionals. We obviously want to make it sound as good as possible for people to enjoy. But like, I don't think we should cut out us chatting about our little ratty ladies. Like we're yeah. recording at home with our with our pet rats and our cat. Like God, we're so gay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is like these mages are the cream of the crop. And even though they're all young, I mean everyone here is like fourteen or fifteen. Um Yeah, she's so cute. She's got a little piece of food or something. Or she did. Um oh, fuck, we gotta add Four more names to the bio of yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, these people do look like they are, you know, the sons and daughters and children of mages. Um, but you can tell that just by how a lot of them carry themselves, like, there's nobody here that's, like, not deserving of being here. You know, you, you can tell, like, in college, you could tell there was, like... Daddy's little angel who has a Mercedes and doesn't go to classes. Like, no not so one... much in community college, but sure, I know the concept. Yeah. So the people here are not like that. These people are here because, like, they have been pushed hard by their workers. families. They are hard workers, and sure, you you know probably from personal experience, um, but also people like Eldon. Like, some of the people don't necessarily see this as being like the thing they're meant to do in life. Yeah. But they're dedicated to at least doing it. Yeah. Like they're they're they've put they've put their whole self <laughs> <laughs> they've put their whole body and soul into doing it correctly. <laughs> um so yeah, as you like you guys are getting ready, you know, your group is nervous and there's, you know, kind of a, a Brayton calls for a sort of roll call to make sure that everyone knows like what they're going to do. And so Brayton's like, you know, well, I'm I have I have a lunar root and, you know, my my goal is to try and weave the spell so that the the fae spirit merges with Andro so that Andro can be my yeah. familiar. Um and then Alan is like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to do, you know, Lunarude and, you know, summon whatever shows up. And, and I'm not, I don't know what name I'm going to give it, but I'm just going to, it's just going to be like in the moment. I think it, I say it. That's good, right? Perfect. 
Um, Chewie's like, um, I don't know what I'm going to summon, but Nightmare, do you have any of the blood root? Because I really like the fiendish stuff. Yeah, I do have blood root. You can have some. Um, Sid kind of looks at you and is like, I actually think maybe I'm going to use some blood root. Blood root, blood root, blood root. Whoever Sid's wants. like, they're like, I, I kind of really want something more like elemental themed. Ooh. But, I mean, I, they didn't really give us that option. Well. So like, I know that like, I heard that the fey creatures created elemental, so I thought maybe I would do like a lunar root, but then like the fiendish thing is like fire. And, yeah. Uh, You're kind of fire. You are fire. Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Nymera? Should I, should I... Should I stick with my more, like, closer to the elemental roots and do, like, a fey creature? Or, or should I do the fiend? What, what do you think? Um, well, do you want something to, um, further be a branch of yourself? Or do you want something to, like, counterbalance you? I don't know. I, I, I think maybe something more like myself. Okay. Well, maybe um, if you, like, feel it with your heart as you make a fiend familiar, maybe it'll be, like, especially fiery. Yeah. She hands you back the blood root. She says, Yeah. She sticks with, sorry, they stick with the lunar root that they have. Oh, they're going to do something fey instead? Okay. They think, like, Sid says, I mean, the fey created the elementals. It's like elemental servitors. So maybe it's better to stick closer to, like, my roots and... If I summon a fey creature, maybe it'll turn out to be elemental. Like, there are some fey creatures that are fire-themed. Yeah. There's, like, not a lot, but some of the summer court creatures are fiery. So I guess I'll try that. Okay. Lena is like, I don't know what to do. What if I'm not even going to stay a mage? What if it doesn't even work? I don't know. Lena, you don't think you have the gumption, the moxie, the chutzpah to make this work? Yeah, well, they do tell me that I got a, a certain je ne sais quoi, whatever that means. I wish I had a cut of your jib, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do know. You got uh, that moxie to you. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? I just... I just... Don't ever see myself letting go of my childlike wonder, you know? <laughs> I just... I don't know. Well... I kind of wish I got one of those em- emperor ones. The the, the the peenies. Yeah. Well, because Percy is a little angel. You're well, always yeah. saying that. Well, also, Percy's all white. And it would it would be cool, you know? Yeah. What if, what if I do the... The the blood root and Percy turns like red or black or whatever. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being red or black or whatever, but like, no, I'm just saying, you know. 
Um, do we have any spare? Um, Aerith does. Aerith has one, and Aerith has kind of been o- overhearing everything. Yeah, and she walks over, and she kind of turns to face Lena, and then starts slowly stepping so that she's putting herself between you and Lena so that you're behind her so she doesn't have to look at your face. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And she goes, here. And she just hands the Imperini over. She's like, just take it and use it for Percy. Whatever. I look up as if I'm not paying attention. Don't act like you're not looking. Just... I can feel you behind me, Zixtrin. <laughs> Ugh, you're impossible. I tickle her neck just a little. <laughs> and she like storms out and she leaves the room. Lena's like, God, I don't, I don't know where to say thank you or like. Well, I mean, I guess I should probably say thank you no matter what. But that was really nice. What the fuck just happened? I think her heart grew a little bit today. How would we measure that? In what sort of size <laughs> category are you are you thinking? One size, two size, red size, blue size? Anyway, it doesn't matter. That was really sweet. I should probably thank her or something. But it seems like um, she she doesn't really want to acknowledge that she just did that. So yeah. maybe maybe wait a, a beat. So the rest of the group all heads out. And um, you guys head out to the courtyard. Uh-huh. Dusk is, is upcoming. Um, you, uh, you gather up. You guys are kind of grouped up. Every group has a professor that's standing next to them. Uh Uh-huh. Bradley is the professor standing with your group. Cool. Um, Guys all kind of get in... um, Formation? Yeah. Uh, Okay, ladies. (laughs) Zarda comes out and gives a speech. The majority of it is, like, pretty standard. Um, She's talking about, you know, like... It's been a whole year. You guys have worked really hard. Um, <laughs> Professor Ford's like, if I find which motherfucker. <laughs> um, but Zarda comes to the conclusion of her speech uh, and she switches to speaking Infernal. And as she's speaking Infernal, of course, you understand it. She says... May the fires of the nine hells of the realm of Hellas burn eternal within your soul. May the desires of Asmodeus himself dance eternal within your heart. May the spirit of Hellas grip you tight and plunge you deep into perdition. And then she gestures, and then all the professors kind of turn to the groups of students. Yeah. And then the professors are like, Who's first? Am I in a cult? (laughs) Interesting question. Um, 
do you have a preference on did you want to go first? I have a lineup of what order that they would go without influence from you. So if you wanted to be last or if you wanted to be first. I would like to go last, I think. Okay. In which case, Brayton steps up and the professors have... Oh, the one thing that's present that I forgot to describe, there is a brass brazier um, sitting on the ground. Yeah. Um, And so... uh, Professor Bradley gestures to Brayton to use the brazier. Um, Brayton steps forward and adds the incense and everything. I mean, it, all the stuff that's not the lunar root, the like basic incense and and uh, uh, herbs and spices. There's eleven of them. Um, <laughs> he adds all that, and then uh, he starts chanting the words, and the incense. And and spices ignite small, uh, like deep reddish orange fire. And amidst the ten minutes that he does this ritual for, he sprinkles some of the lunar root. Um, and uh, the flames turn kind of a greenish, like a fey green. Ooh. Um, and. Uh, Andro, his his lynx cat, is next to him. Had had like laid down and was like kind of curled up next to his feet. All of a sudden, and Andro's eyes open and are glowing kind of green. And he stands up and starts walking toward the brazier. And he walks into the brazier, and everyone kind of has this like gasping moment of like, "Oh my god, this cat's walking into the fire!" But it's clear as soon as he t- you know steps into it. He's unaffected by this, like, flame. And the green flame sort of encompasses Andro. And it burns. And you can see it's sort of burning away the fur, which is getting replaced by what looks like moss. And by the end of the ceremony, of of this ritual, Andro uh, appears and, like, sits down in the brazier. And... Andro, instead of being this, like, gray-spotted lynx cat, has the same shape ears, has the same kind of extra whiskers and, like, facial fur, but instead of having cat hair, um, he's covered in moss, and his tail looks like a long vine with, like, a bunch of leaves kind of, like, at the tip. Yeah. Um... And the ears look like giant floppy leaves. Yeah. Um, and the whiskers almost look like like spider silk. And it has, like, the shape of, like, a spider web. Um, definitely much more fae-spirited. And Brayton's like, whoa. And then goes to, like, give Andro pets and is, like, scratching the moss. And he's like, it's, like, cool to the touch. Yeah. And it's, like, dewy. And it sort of has this appearance of, like, always being covered in morning dew. Yeah. Um, Alan A. steps up, uh, performs a very similar ritual. Um, because Alan A. doesn't have a pet the way yeah. that Brayton did. Alan A.'s incantation includes, like, an offering to a fae spirit to come be her best friend. Aww. Instead of 
uh, servitor. She says, best friend. Yeah. And there's a brief moment where she thinks, oh, did I screw the spell up? Yeah. But the flame turns green with the uh, the addition of the lunar root. And kind of bursting from the flame as the flame dies down um, is a bird. It looks like rave, like a raven in size, but its um, coat is the color of like an oil slick. You know yeah. that like rainbow, almost iridescent. Yeah, that like iridescent, like oil slick color. It has like an iridescent oil slick to its feathers. And its eyes look like they're, like, crackling with energy. And Alan A goes, Shimmer Spark! <laughs> That's just the first thing I came up with. That sounds like a good name, right? Is that a good name? And the bird... Thumbs up from the crowd. The bird's, like, flying around her head. And she's like, okay, the bird likes it. You guys like it. That's a good name. Shimmer Spark's a good name. Okay. <laughs> um, Sid steps up. Performs the same ritual, sprinkles in the um, lunar root. Um, same thing, green flame. Kind of jumping out of the flame is a small rat, and the rat like jumps out of the flame, immediately crawls up Sid's leg and sits on Sid's shoulder. Yeah, and the rat has the look of. Um, not like the moss that like grows up on the side of the tree. It's not the same type of moss that's growing that, that Andro has, right? That more dense tree moss. Yeah. This one looks more like that fairy forest moss. It's like much uh, lighter, airier, and like, um, uh, like fluffier. Like those. Um, I don't know if you've seen like air plants before that are like moss covered. But yes. Yeah, so the, the, the rat sort of has that texture to it. And it does have um, a sort of, like, solid kind of light green yeah. color to it. And the eyes look like they're more, like, like a yellowish color. Uh-huh. And the tail looks like um, more like the stem of uh, a flower. And at the very tip of the tail is the bud of, <laughs> like, a flower or a rose. Yeah. And when the rat comes up on to Sid's shoulder, Sid's like, what will I name you? And the tail kind of flips around and buds a little bit. And, he, and they go, hmm. Wait. And smells, and it's like, do you smell like... Like saffron and sage? Saffron. That's your name. And uh, the rat starts kind of squeaking and crawls into Sid's uh, bag. He's like, oh, a little shy. Like me, that, that, that's all right. Um, uh, Chiwi is next. Chiwi steps up and Chiwi starts doing the spell, but Chiwi doesn't speak the spell the same way everyone else does. Mm. Chiwi's version of the spell is in Orcish. And the spell, like, even though Chiwi's got that, like, the spell kind of has this more, like, yeah, yeah. Almost like a cross between the heavy voice when Chiwi was hulked out and Chiwi's normal voice. Yeah. And it's very hard, like, 
orcish sort of like german in those like hard consonants and she performs a spell and like throws the blood root in like violently and the flame ignites to like this bright kind of like yellowish flame yeah like just like intense like yellowish to white hot ish um and then like the flame dies down unlike the other ones it like kind of exploded a little bit and there's this moment where Chewie's like, I think I did it wrong. <laughs> I failed. I gotta go home. And Chewie looks really sad. But all of a sudden, you see like tiniest little movement coming out of the the brazier. Yeah. Like up from all the the uh, the the ash. Yeah. Right. And you see like a little tarantula come out. <gasps> and Chewie goes. And then everyone, like, looks over at Chiwi, and Chiwi's like, what? That's her name. Her name is, ah! Because, you know, when you see a spider, that's what everyone says. They go, ah! This is probably murder on our vocals, uh, on, the, on the audio for the edit. <laughs> um, because Chiwi's, like, names the spider, ah! What kind of, um, what component did she use? The blood root mm-hmm. that she requested from you. So it's like, the, the thing is, normally in, in this setting, the type of component you use to summon you're familiar for the first time changes what the creature looks like, right? So like the lunar roots changing them to look kind of fey-ish, uh, assuming the Empyreanese will change the creatures to look more celestial, and assume, you know, the assumption would be that the blood root would change a creature to look more fiendish, but what could what possibly more look more fiendish than a, than a fucking tarantula? <laughs> yeah. So it just looks like a normal tarantula, <laughs> which I should put a disclaimer in here. I know a lot of people who have pet tarantulas. I myself am terrified of spiders. I would never own one. I don't ever want, I don't ever want to be anywhere near a tarantula. However... I know that tarantulas are sweet pets. I know a lot of people who have them, and I, I'm not saying fuck tarantulas. But for the sake of the bit. For the sake of the bit, yes. Tar- fuck tarantulas. They are from hell. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kudos to people who have spiders as pets, especially tarantulas, and love on them. It just It won't be me. I, <laughs> I appreciate the love you have for creatures that need loving. The spiders aren't all bad. I mean, none I mean, of them... People really feel that are. way about rats, too. That's true. That's true. That, um, that they're evil and from hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's... Uh, let's see. Chiwi. Brayton, Alanae, Sid, Chiwi. Oh, yes. Um, Lena steps up and performs the spell and tosses in the Empyrean-y. Um And sort of similar to Brayton's ritual... Um, Lena, uh, uh, Percy, I should say, kind of has like an awakening, like eyes wide open, almost like a slight glow to them, walks very slowly and purposefully into the flame. The flame for the Empyrean turns like completely white, almost like a radiant flame or a, uh, some type of flame that you might consider sacred. Uh-huh. Um, and Percy steps into this flame of sacredness and presumably it would 
it would uh, make Percy look more celestial. But cele- uh, Percy is an albino ferret. Yeah. No pattern really whatsoever. Fully white. Um, the only thing that changes is that Percy's eyes kind of have like a golden shimmer to them rather mm-hmm. than the red, you know, albino rat, yeah. albino ferret look. Now it's like a gold, solid, almost solid gold look Ooh. to Percy's eyes. Um, and the little tiny claws look a little golden. Um, but for the most part, Percy doesn't slightly really change. Slightly shinier coat, maybe? Yeah, slightly brighter, slightly shinier. Yeah. Um, little halo. Oh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... That he the, just chews on like a fucking chew toy. The fire dies down, Percy comes out, and Elena looks like pretty confident in, in her mage abilities. Um, kind of, maybe seems like in the moment she's leaning towards being a mage, but that's something. Hard to read. Yeah, and... hard to read, especially because it's just the excitement of, yeah. you know, upgraded Percy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, she steps aside. Aerith steps up, and you don't see Aerith holding anything. Uh-huh. And you know that she doesn't have an Empyreany because she gave the only Empyreany she had to Lena. Yeah. And Bradley steps in and is like, where's your ingredient? She says, oh, it's right here. And she gestures to it, but she doesn't pull it out yet. And Bradley just kind of puts her hands up, steps back. Like, okay, you want to be a show showboat about it? <laughs> and... Lena begins the the incantation, reaches into her pocket, seems like she fiddles with something. She pulls out just a closed fist and does her best to keep it concealed (laughs) and, like, comes up to the fire and, like, subtly drops it in. And you can tell it's all mashed up, so it's hard to really see what it is. Um, Steps back, finishes the incantation. The flames turn green, so it's very obviously, like, Lunar root. Yeah. Um, and when the flames die down, you hear a little like and a snake slowly slithers Ooh. out of the brazier and up. And it looks like, you know, a garden snake, but it definitely has more like a vine quality to it. Like it's very clearly like a fey snake. Yeah. Where it looks much more like if it was holding still, it could pose as a vine. Yeah. It has much more. It doesn't really have that like traditional snake scales. It has more of like that kind of smooth-ish vine texture to it. Cool. Um, and it slithers over, and it like slithers up her leg and up onto like her shoulder and her arm, and she says, "I think I'll call you Histopher." <laughs> A woman after my own heart. And she kind of steps back and is like, all right, Zlikstrin. <laughs> okay. Um, pause. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what component I need to do a pseudo-dragon. Because naturally they are fey, mm-hmm. but for all this conservatory stuff, I don't know if they're this is fiendish work instead. Yeah, when you summoned it previously, it took on a kind of fiendish look to it. Yeah. Because it's blending the, like, draconic and fiendish ancestry. Like, you're not a draconic ancestor, but, like, there clearly is something in you that is draconic that's connecting to the pseudo-dragon, or the pseudo-dragon brought that draconic, you know, 
uh, a draconicness into you. Um, but at this point, it doesn't matter because you've already technically connected with it. So you could throw anything in it. Throwing the blood root would probably be the the thing that would be the most would be the least suspicious. You throw the blood root in, it's going to appear. It's going to be kind of you know blackish, kind of dark in color with a little bit of red red tones. I remember we we talked a lot about like what your pseudo dragon, like what it looks like now and like what it's taken on. Um, so lunar root would be the closest, uh, not lunar root, uh, blood root would be the closest thing. Um, but again, it doesn't. On a, on a technical level, it doesn't matter because okay. you're what you're really doing is because you've already connected with it. You just need to use a bonus action to produce it. You don't need to actually redo the spell. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just bullshitting by yeah. redoing the whole 10 minute incantation. So it doesn't really matter what you throw in. But for the sake of consistency and being less suspicious, blood root is what you would throw in. Okay. Um, I... I will take Bloodroot out of my pack mm-hmm. and throw it into the fire. Okay. Are you doing the whole ritual, the like 10 minute? Yeah. Technically, I think Find Familiar is one hour to cast. And as you cast it as a ritual, it would be an hour and 10 minutes. But for the purposes of this, and also because I'm the DM, the ritual for Find Familiar in this case will take only 10 minutes. Right. Otherwise, it would be like a true graduation ceremony that takes four fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, there's seven of you in the group, so it'd be seven hour base plus ten minutes. So it'd be, uh, what is that? Seven hour, 70 minutes. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, there's no symbolism there at all. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I will um, do the ten minutes. Make a deception check. Okay. Nice. Your ten minutes passes. At the appropriate time, you throw your blood root into the fire. Check my watch. (laughs) Even a broken sundial is right once a day. (laughs) What kind of coin will it take to put the the ham watch thing into din existence? Ham watch? The... I sent you... It's like a sundial, but it can be like oh yeah 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 held up yeah 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 and it's What's oddly up? shaped like like a pork cutlet or that's something. that's right like the the pork dial or whatever <laughs> I remember yeah 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 we'll talk about it we'll talk about it <laughs> um after the ten minutes you um so I um I'll do the spell and then uh. I will kind of form um, the pseudo-dragon in my mind as I'm thinking about all the books I've been reading this first year about the fictional, um, uh, from the fictional author, um, or is it a mystical Oh, you're talking about the ma- the mystical Mister Me- Mephistopheles? Yeah. Were those his books? Uh, they were books about him. The author was uh, Sir Henry. Oh, I have to look it up. Most of the books in Din are written by Kellen of Middleton, 
But I believe those books are written about by somebody else. Sir Henrik? Sir Henrik is someone who's in one of the books. The Dragon Slayer. Yeah, he's in one of the books. Yeah. So he's not the author. Yeah. But I I know what you're talking about, and we can look up the details later. Um, So you're trying to do what? You're trying to form the dragon in your mind... Um, form the dragon in my mind, um, kind of how I've been picturing it in these books I've been reading about Mm -hmm. the black worm. Uh, and, um, I think about the like play sword fighting I've done with Lena and all the spooky weird stuff we've seen so far this year. And, um, I, I picture the dragon right there in like the same lump that I saw it sitting in in the archive mm-hmm. and um, I like think about it until it takes form and um, as it does it goes from like a, a shadowy form to like a solid thing and um, this small pseudo dragon appears black with like a red shine to it. Um, yeah. Everyone in your group is like wide eyed. Because this is not something that any of the teachers have talked about being possible. So everyone in your group is like, and I kind of look at it standoffishly, and I imagine it kind of looks at me standoffishly. Um, and then um, I'm going to, like, wave to it a little, and maybe it doesn't do anything. And I kind of, like, bob my head a little bit at it. And then it bobs <laughs> and its it head bobs back. Its head a little back. And, um... I think we kind of goofily, like, walk towards each other like that. Like, kind of, like, bobbing our heads around. And, until it, until we're, like, hanging out. <laughs> and Bradley's like, so? What's their name? Sir Henrik. Kind of thinks for a second. It's hmm. a good name. Um... Once everyone is done, and, and really, most everyone is done because there's seven in your group, you take the longest. Um, and so once you're done, a lot of the students around you are kind of like, yeah, great, we this extra student, and we've all been standing around for ten minutes waiting for this one student to finish. <laughs> but <Fuck> you. <laughs> but the thing is, that's how it started. But then the more that they like looked over to see and then see your pseudo dragon, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like there's a mix of anger that they didn't get a cool familiar like that, but also like, holy shit, how powerful is this girl, you know? Yeah. Um, and even some of the other professors come over to look and are like looking at each other like, how did this happen? And... Zarda calls everyone to attention and then walks through each group 
And it's like, and what's your familiar's name? And what's your familiar's name? And it's like introducing or introducing herself to all these familiars. She do gets, they do they do a little like some little small showboat of yeah. it being a familiar? Yeah. That's cool. Um She gets to your group and she sees your familiar and she almost gives you like a cold shoulder and she like starts talking to everyone else in the group in the order that they were summoned and then when she gets to you she says see me in my chambers and Bradley looks really confused and then Zarda walks away doesn't allow you to introduce uh, let me rephrase doesn't give you the opportunity in that moment to like say your familiar's name out, out loud. Yeah. But Zarda says what she says, walks away. Bradley looks really confused. So Bradley steps up and is like, Nymira, would you like to introduce your familiar to the rest of the, the student body? Uh, yes. Um, Sir Henrik? And then... He does whatever you want him to do in terms of a little performance, like a little fly-up or whatever. Yeah, um... I'll throw up, like, a little firebolt straight up, and um, it, like, spins around it upward as it flies upward beyond it, mm-hmm. and then, like, dives back down onto my shoulder. Nice. Bradley passes you and stops and is like, wait a few minutes and then follow. And then Bradley moves and a lot of the other professors start moving in as well. But Bradley is moving faster to try and keep up with Zarda. Or try to catch up with Zarda, I should say. Yeah. The other professors don't seem to have the same get up and go, you know. Yeah. Uh, the same gumption. Um, <laughs> and some of the students start talking amongst amongst themselves. But everyone's kind of like looking at you, looking at familiar, yeah. talking amongst themselves. Eldon is the I first one. I think I feel one. a little awkward about it, too. Eldon is the first one outside of your group to come up to you and be like, man, Sir Henrik, that's such a cool name. Hey, little buddy. And, like, Eldon reaches down to try and give, like, scritches. And he, like, pets Sir Henrik and then kind of stands up and is like, don't let any of them get to you. I'm trying. It's just a little embarrassing. They're just jealous. I know, but... <laughs> a, dra- a dragon? That's really cool. And you see that his owl land... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's Bubo, right? His owl lands on his shoulder and is like... It was a snowy owl. I think I, uh-huh. I, think I had a photo before that I showed you. Um, mostly white, but kind of brown spots. Um, now the owl is snowy white. Fully like albino white, no spots whatsoever. Um, the same like wizened face. The eyes were yellow before. Now they are clearly the uh, irises are like gold, like metallic, shimmering, almost like glistening gold. Um, beak gold, talons much more golden. Um, and he's like, yeah, Bubo, pretty cool. And then he speaks in Celestial. Do you understand Celestial? No. He says something in Celestial and Bubo kind of flutters off of him and lands down by Sir Henrik. And like 
walks over with one wing out and like looks like he rests the wing around Sir Henrik like buddy buddy. Yeah. What does Sir Henrik do? I think a lot of these uh, familiars are very like, I'm a familiar, I'm your little buddy. Um, I think Sir Henrik is a little cooler tempered at at first, so it may not be all cutesy right away, like a little more uh, slow to warm kind of familiar. Um, so, uh, like maybe stubborn at times. Um, so I think it like kind of looks a lot at the wing approaching to try to assess whether it's like a friendly motion or not Mm -hmm. and kind of like puffs up a little. And then when the wing wraps around nicely, um, just kind of like, like a, hmm, but like in a good way, like in a, hmm, yes, thank um, you. <laughs> Bubo, like, kind of taps him, and then taps him a couple more times, <laughs> and then waddles away, you know how owls walk all kind of weird, waddles away, extends. They like pull their skirt up a yeah. little bit. <laughs> Bubo has both wings out now, waddles away, and starts almost kind of dancing, and is like, and then, like, buffets, but very gently. So there's, like, a cool breeze up against Sir Henrik. And then Ooh. takes up into the sky and, like, flies up maybe, like, 60 feet and turns around and looks down and kind of hovers there for a moment and waits to see what Sir Henrik does. I think Sir Henrik joins in on the fun. They fly, like, formations, basically, and they're yeah. kind of, like, being playful. Cute. Um, I picture when they land... There's a little bit of, like, you described the owl kind of doing that jumping, walking thing. I imagine them kind of doing that together, kind of doing the jumping bird thing at each other. Nice. (laughs) Um, Most of the students start clearing out. Yeah. Um, You realize all that's left is your group and Eldon's group. And when it's just you guys out there... Um, Drace, the the drow, kind of walks over and is like, "This is unfair. You get a dragon. Why you? Why are you so special?" And then, like, his familiar walks over, and his familiar is also a spider, but his familiar is not like. A tarantula, his spider familiar is much larger. It's still, it's not quite small sized, it's still tiny sized, but imagine that the familiar is more like, rather than a, a, a standard sized tarantula, the familiar is more like the size of my MacBook. Yeah. Like it's, it's bigger. Uh, and it's clearly like a, an underdark kind of lull. Not Lolth. Lolth doesn't exist in the setting. But it's clearly an underdark, you know, drow, dark elf spider. Yeah. Right? Uh, and he says, I challenge you, Zlikstrin. Prove which familiar is more regal 
It's more powerful. <laughs> okay. And Pokemon battle music. <laughs> and I think that's, <laughs> that's where we will end. Ooh. How do we wrap these up anymore? I, I don't, don't remember. remember. Sorry for the hiatus. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's Shit rephrase. Happens. Life happens, and mental health is very important. And uh, there were moves know. in between, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of illness, and we live together now. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So lots, lots has happened, but we love this character we love these characters and i have been running more and more games uh in this game world outside of this adventure for you and uh, you know deepening the lore of the world and all sorts of things are happening that are kind of tied in a little bit to so what's going on so it's it's great to get back to running the game yeah uh so yeah yes Thanks for listening. What did I usually say after that? You say... Well, I know we say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>